When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Revely, revely, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Oh, I feel it coming back again. It's Morning Combat. It's back in your face hole Friday, September 2nd, I think, 2022. Brian Campbell, the beige one. Luke Thomas, the, the smart one of the two. Uh, yo, Tui, we're going to bang on this Friday. Right here, right now. Set the stage for UFC Paris. Talk latest news. Uh, hit your dead wrongs. And then maybe close with a little happy hour. Hey. This, this time I won't get drunk. But <laughs> we got a margarita machine in here. By request, your uh, question solicited from Twitter. Uh, we'll have a little bit of good time to that to fill out the clock, and then off camera they won't see it yet. Resume review season yes. is upon us. Somebody's, and by the way, a very good one. Somebody's going down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, but I'll say this. I don't mean in the MMA cage. I mean like somewhere somebody's. Dude, you're so horny on Instagram. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I will say this, for this resume review, we have put more effort into this one probably than any other one we've ever done, which is saying something. We put in a monumental amount of work for this one, so I really hope you enjoy it. Uh, we are also modeling uh, plenty of Showtime merch right here, not just the all the smoke hoodie sweatpant combo, but our Morning Combat merch. This hat, this sweatshirt, you can get a piece of that right now. Go to morningcombat.store. Uh, tell, look for RJ uh, Boozlebanger. Tell him that uh, you know, <laughs> BC sent you, and I'm sure you'll get something. Uh, RJ Ballbagger. Yeah, if it fits, Luke. Um, that's hey, does he know how to spell your name, or does he not know how to spell your name? There's merch out there with your name on it that literally is spelled C-A-M-B-E-L-L. No, there's not. Is it really? Uh, One billion percent I thought, there no, is. I, I don't think there is. I think that was actually like a, like a fan meme thing. You're saying there's... There's no no I I just saw it. Like, Do I not know what's on our site right now? Do I? Know? Uh, I don't know if I don't know if that stuff's been released. I think that was a prototype. Okay. But it's definitely your name is spelled wrong. I've got some of those early early prototypes and I'll use them as oil rags in the garage. You know? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Where they belong. Yeah. We had our own little Reebok moment. Yeah. <laughs> the difference is we just didn't Yo, sell it. Shout out to Reebok. Nobody nobody in our in our universe got got my back in the Reebok Venom debate, which really has me pointing the finger back at you guys. Like, what the hell's wrong with you, Luke? It's uniform, it's proper, it's power, it's corporate prestige, it's Reebok. 
You're um, like, you're like, yo, let's vape to venom, motherfucker. You know, like. Hey, they just uh, re-upped to uh, continue to whore the fighters by being the official, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that in quick hitters today, Luke. All right. Um, all right. Uh, we also are up for a bunch of uh, podcast awards, particularly this pitch is from the World MMA Awards, which last year named us best MMA programming a monster upset over the likes of Rogan Helwani, Dana White, UFC. Well, right we're there. back it's right there. in that same category looking to defend our title in ways that Conor McGregor never could. By the way, less than a month left to vote. Less than a month. So Hit have, have you gone on there and voted? I have. Uh, I did. Yesterday I did. Yesterday. I tapped that ass uh, lower third there uh, on the screen, you can hit the QR code or going to worldmmaawards.com slash nominees. There you go. Um, Luke, are you about to go public and admit that you've only been sick lately because you've been slacking on your AG1 intake? No, I'm sick because I traveled with a toddler internationally. I think that's what got me sick. But I'm fine now. I feel good. Although I did get my entire family sick. I got my wife sick. I got Abuela, Pipe, uh, and my daughter got sick again from me. So pretty fun. Pretty fun. Pretty fun job I did. Nice work, Dad. That's right. Now I'm here in the studio. I'm going to get all you bitches who are on your phones. Boy, could they go to their phones faster? Oh, instantly, Luke. Hey, instantly. there's Tristan, who's looking like a murderer you know, on the end. <laughs> I mean, lightning crashes and an old mother dies. Okay, that's what happens on this show, Luke, right? And then Ashley just gets on. I mean, what, what site are no. you on right now? Etsy? Oh, boy. <laughs> You're on Etsy! <laughs> Nailed it! Yeah, yeah, Nailed yeah. it! Jesus, you are a. I love like my like when you guessed her favorite movie, White Chicks. You just first guessed. I know, and I was like, it. let me think of the dumbest movie imaginable. I'm like, would that be your favorite? And she was like, yes. All right. Uh, shout out to everybody out there. Uh, like and subscribe if you like this show. You can follow us on social media. I don't sit here and beg for you to subscribe, but if you haven't freeloading for a while, how about you help us pump that up in the old, uh, you know? How about you? How about you prostate exam us for once, okay? Um, yeah, we'll probably figure out what that means after the show. There you go. Um, let's get into the damn show, though. Let's speaking. do it. We have some fights to talk about. We do. So let me uh, turn on my rundown here that was uh, so expertly put together and start off with topic number one. And it's a big card this weekend, a non-pay-per-view, but a little bit of a pay-per-view feel, at least in the co and main events. Paris, for the first time, UFC setting their feet down in France. And this is a fight night afternoon delight on the East Coast, if you know what I mean. Headlined by heavyweights, former interim champion Cyril Gan. Close? I don't speak French. Oui, oui. Uh, don't you speak French? I took seven years of French in school. And you took years. seven years and you, can't, years and you couldn't even order a, uh, uh, at McDonald's. Within three years, I went to Montreal ready to try out my French on St. Catherine Street. And, you know, you can lose a lot of money on that street, okay? And your soul in the process. People know what I mean. Um, and I, I couldn't even, like, order something at, like, McDonald's. I, I was so... In fairness, your English is also pretty limited. I was like, ue la fenetra to everybody, you know what I mean? <laughs> to the... Yeah, okay. To where the is the... Where is the what? Window. Window. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, Luke Cyril got first fight since losing that undisputed title opportunity against Francis Ngannou. Close, got out-wrestled. It was weird. We know what's going on here. But he's going to get this homecoming in his native home of France, Paris, against Tai Tuivasa. It's number one versus number three, Luke. We hit up the storylines on Wednesday in terms of, really, the, the potential of a title shot for either one if they win with this, although a very crowded division when you consider right now. We don't even know if Ngannou's ever going to fight again in the UFC. We don't know if John Jones is going to be back in an interim title fight, a full title. It's, it's unknown. The winner of this, though, is going to have a big say in that discussion. But Luke Thomas today is about... What the hell does this fight actually look like? Our friends at Caesar Sportsbook not given 
the Aussie, the respect, plus 410, the underdog, mm. with a five-fight win streak to Ivasa, all five by knockout against the minus 520 Cyril Gon. Look, no one's, no one, there's no fooling around here. Gon's a horrible stylistic matchup for Taito Ivasa. He really is. This is a uh, this is a difficult one to win. If you were just sort of pinpointing, what would Taito Ivasa have that you would say is a likely path to victory? He's got big power, okay? As you mentioned, on a super hot streak, and I think really kind of coming into his own, 28, 29 years old, whatever he may be, and that's all good and well, but in terms of like what he could lord over a guy like Gon, it just doesn't immediately appear quite clear what that could be. And here's why we say that. Um, Richard Mann of Fightmetric put these stats together. We kind of knew this to be true, but the numbers really kind of tell the story in a way that's important. Cyril Gon has a positive plus 2.56 striking differential. That means in terms of his strikes landed versus strikes absorbed, he has a positive differential at 2.56. That's 12th among all active fighters, period. Okay? The reason why that's important is because if you look at his peers who also have a very high number like that, the vast majority of them have it from control positions. Somebody like a Habib who grabs a wrist and then really delivers. That's why there's these huge gaps in the number. But that's not what Cyril Ghosn does. Cyril Ghosn does 90% of his striking in that way, quite literally 90% at, at range. His range management, his timing, his entries, his exits, his feints, it's a nightmare for the rest of that division to handle. And so if you're a guy like Taito Ivasa, where he does do good work in the clinch, BC, and he, if you're, especially if he can get you in the clinch up against the fence, like what he did against Derek Lewis. He's got monster power, he's surprisingly athletic, and in that space, he can do good work. But A, getting to that position is gonna be difficult. Yeah. And oh, by the way, BC, Cyril Gaon is very good in the clinch as well. It's and he not can to say he's dunk a basketball. And he's and he's athletic and shit. Yeah. It's not to say that you, you can dismiss a power puncher like Taito Ivasa. That's not the argument. But if you're asking what's the realistic path to victory. I don't know what that is. Well, here's what's interesting. I'll give it to you. It's as bare bones and basic as possible. The realistic path for victory to Tuivasa, who I know a lot of you are going to say we're disrespecting. We're not. We just didn't think he was going to upset Derek Lewis to take a major step forward. And now he's argue, arguably fighting the toughest style matchup for him in the entire division. But the one way he can do this is by luring Cyril Gaon into the type of fight he either doesn't want to or shouldn't want to be in. And that would be the kind of all-out brawl that led to him stopping Derek Lewis because both were fatigued and hurt, and it's it's a barroom brawl. In theory, if you can get Gon there, you'd say, okay, that's going to increase his chances. What do you make, though, Luke, of Gon, not in a, in a like, over-the-top, I'm trying to make headlines way, but Gon has more or less said, I'm going to have to stop this guy. Like, this is going to be a fight that can really showcase my striking yeah. and my finishing ability. Uh, is that the right mindset against somebody this dangerous? Get him out of there before he can get you? I don't, I don't know that he plans to do it quickly. I mean, here's another thing you have to sort of really uh, consider. Who's got better experience in five-round fights? Oh, it's not Cyril Gaon. Yeah. Cyril Gaon by a million miles. If Cyril Gaon is picking at him, picking at him, picking at him, second round expires, third round expires, now Taito Ivasa is literally in a place in the fourth round he's never been before, certainly not in UFC. I don't know off, offhand of his, about his regional record, but certainly in that space, He's never been there, and he might, like, I understand. What's another thing about Taito Ivasa? He throws everything full power, ah, like that. If you get that guy, slowly pick at him, slowly do body work, and then you take him to the fourth or fifth round, now you have drained him to, to, to such a, a sufficient degree where I would argue that I expect Gon to be able to keep his distance no matter what round it is. But now if you add a somewhat fatigued yeah. 
tied to Ivasa into the championship round equation, dude, that might be the place where you see Cyril Ghosn really begin to turn it up. But do I think he's going to take unnecessary risk just to score a finish for the Frenchman around him? Certainly always possible. Well, I would that, still say that's That's more unlikely. of an all-or-nothing way of looking at it. The middle ground is that he would be more intentionally offensive than normal instead of looking to point fight from the outside, trying to find the moments when he feels he can step in and let his hands go. And the reason why I think that's important is because whether you thought, I, I know there's some people that still think Gan should have won the decision against Ngannou. I, I disagreed, but at the at least at the surface, it wasn't an overly exciting fight. Gan, Ngannou bit down, did what he had to do to get the win, and, and by the way, with the knee injury and the contract, shout out to him. Gan, though, didn't make that leap that we expected out of him in some ways, right? I'm not saying it was it overly disappointing. In some ways, it, it, it showed that there's still some growth to be had. I could see him in that regard wanting to say, look, I, there's pressure on me to show how good I really am. And maybe even though this guy is dangerous, this is the perfect opponent for me to paint that masterpiece and be a little bit more intentional offensively and try to hurt him beyond just trying to point fight him and gas him out. I think there's a there's a middle ground in there where he could he could just look, the crowd's behind but him. This but is that a theory basically postulates that he has to act in a way he doesn't. I think he can, though. Because well, think about anything, it. When anything he was, is he was wrongly known as a submission expert when he first came up, right? On the Who? scene? Uh, gone? Because they no. have a couple submission wins in a row? Yeah, but against Nubbers. I mean, right, but the point was, like, where people didn't even know about him. He had a Muay Thai background. He had a striking background. He's told me in interviews he was hailed as a submission expert because he had those two subs in a row. Okay. And people by, are like, that's dumb not asses. who by, I am. By dumbasses. Well, there's, the whole point here, Luke, is there's still a lot of room to grow from him. If we learn anything from the Ngannou fight is that there's still a lot of room for Gone to grow. In that regard, um, I could see him wanting to show that. That's all I'm really saying. But I, I would say this: I, I do believe that, and I thought Gon was going to win against Francis, and I think Francis was the rightful winner. But the reason why Francis is the rightful winner is because of what happened on the ground. Here's another place that Taituivasa doesn't really go. He's got yeah. 50% takedown defensive rate. He doesn't really go for takedowns. Again, now could Ty shake things up and try and find the clinch, and rather than trying to brawl with him. Take to excuse me. Take Gone to the ground, given those weaknesses that we saw in the Francis and Ganu fight. Which to me, like, you know, for as good as Gone's stand up is, it's way better than his ground game. His ground game to me was not especially impressive for as good as his his striking battle is. Numbers. Uh, numbers is a strong word, but it's like very green. Like his ground game is green. So green than your. All right, I'm sorry. I'm greener sorry. than your. Your shit after insert uh, after AG one. Yeah, I'm just uh, on fire. I got to pull back. I, I feel you. I feel you. I'm just trying to point out that to me seems kind of interesting. But of course, that would require something from Tuivasa that he hasn't shown before either. So if it plays out in the sense that the guys show us what they've already been, there's no way Gon loses this. If somebody does something a little bit different, then it could shake the whole thing up. I don't want to say no way though. As much as I am in the ballpark that this is a potential to be a one-sided fight, there's that potential. The thing that the wild card in Tuivasa is obviously the power, but the willingness to take chances and find a moment sure. and make a moment happen. Yes. Uh, I don't think that we look at Gon as, do we know for sure Gon is an iron chin battle-tested warrior? We know he can go long cardio. We know he can win fights when he's in control of the terms, which has been pretty much all of his fights until Ngannou. But we don't necessarily know that Gon has this type of backbone or recuperative ability that one would need. He wasn't able to figure Ngannou's ground game out quick enough 
to leave no doubt on the scorecards. Okay. Hold on. Is there a is there something so, we're missing about the potential of Tuivasa? It's, it's not not one punch knockout, but yes. hurting him yes. to take the terms back in his it's, direction. You can't dismiss a guy like Tai Tuivasa who has the willingness, as you mentioned, the power, as you mentioned. I think at this point, the confidence for sure, and the experience. Like he's got a lot going in his favor in that sense. Here are the last five fighters that Fran, uh, excuse me that Gon has faced: Dos Santos. Not really a light toucher. Rosenstrug, not really a light toucher. Volkov, not a light but toucher. But were they touching him is the question. Were they actually well, landing the their power They can't shots. find it. But also, yeah. hold on a second, Lewis and then Francis Ngannou. He, you're talking about arguably yeah. the five heaviest punchers in that division, not including Stipe, and they could barely land a glove So on the him. answer is that we don't know. It's certainly not his fault. I mean, he's, make, he's causing these scenarios to happen by being so brilliant. Yes. But it's like... We don't really know how he'll react to getting hurt and battling back. It could be a perfect reaction. It could be disaster. I would say he's probably got a decent chin. He, look, he looks well-muscled. He has a strong neck that seems to matter at least to some degree and be resistant. But the biggest issue is that the reason why he's resistant is because he just doesn't take punches very clean very often. Yeah, and to play into the potential of uh, Tai Tuivasa here, he had said this week, and it's a typical Tuivasa quote, I'm not fighting at all for the idea of does this fight get me into a championship fight I'm fighting for the money. I'm fighting to feed my kids. I really don't care about the title at all. I want to make fun. Like, yeah, I mean, that's where he's at. Uh, that certainly makes him dangerous. I think it plays into the idea that that odds will be what they will be at all. But he does have that wild card ability, and we've already seen it against Derek Lewis, to perform at a level that he maybe consistently can't. Or, or look, there, there's that possibility. He's going to be fun to see going in there and trying to swing big. So let's go back to the backdrop of Paris. Will this matter at all in this fight? The first card for the UFC in France. I mean, well, you know, hometown guy Bon Gamin is in there to kick some ass. Does that matter? I, I do think it will matter. It's again, it's really hard to say exactly how the French and the French media are going to interpret this. That's another part too. Like, now, if you're an American, you take this for granted. Like, UFC will hold an event, and you might hear a couple of people who you know don't pay attention or sort of naysay it. But what you may not realize is. You know, 10 years, well, not quite 10 years ago, but maybe 15 years ago, if the UFC had an event, there was, like, major publications that would write really dismissive stories about it. And there was something to be said about the UFC having to overcome that, not just UFC, but all of the MMA industry, and they did in large part. France seems, at least from the public attitude, something closer to what that is. For Again, I, and I, I, I'm, I'm just guessing here. I've not been to France recently to, to say anything. But from what I can tell, based on what people are saying... It does seem like that there is this groundswell of enthusiasm among the consumer base and the various folks in charge of media and or columnists and or, you know, that, that sort of sector of, the, of, the, of their nation is still a little bit dismissive of it. So, you know, it's hard to say. Because did you see Taito Ivasa was asked about, well, isn't the sport really violent? What do you say to the critics? That was answering, uh, you know, French media right, who were expressing right. some of these criticisms. That's just a 15-year-ago thing. So, like, what can we really expect in that environment? Hard to say, but I do think this feels different to me when, than when the UFC went to Germany, which felt very slow, very small. They didn't really have a lot of German stars to hang their hats on. Besides Hasselhoff. And his dripping burger. <laughs> He's a hero out there. He's a sex symbol in Germany. Uh, but the, you see what I'm trying What's to say? wrong with that here, here they have a very different scenario where they've got a big event with a big French star who's already made a bit of a splash in that market, and they're using that to like really roll this out. I think it will be. I think it will be bigger than that. I mean, I'm not again not to dismiss the danger ability of Ty, but they are giving the hometown boy a chance to come back get a big win that would put him right back in the front of the line to fight 
in theory, the winner of whoever fights for the full championship, but obviously if Jones fights Stipe Luke and, and, and if Francis isn't ready physically, like we don't really know where Francis is at, right? Yeah, it's a big question mark. I mean, he's that, that, that you know, he had major uh, reconstructive surgery on his knee. He's been out for a while, and I certainly consider him the class of the division given the way he beat uh, Cyril. But the questions about what state he's in and what it's going to look like in the next chapter, I think, are very relevant and very unknown. Do you think he the will end are. up re signing with the UFC because maybe they throw in a few more bucks? without needing to get on paper that he can box Tyson Fury. See, here's the thing. This is what, Someone asked me this the other day, and I, this is the way I'm thinking. Tell me what you're, if you agree with this. When he was in the ring with Tyson Fury, what was that, after the Dillian White fight? Yes. Something like that? You thought, holy shit, dude, Francis is going to clean up and make money. But now that things are kind of settling and there's a little bit of talk about Fury and Usyk, and, and I saw him commenting about the return of Deontay Wilder because he'll be fighting Robert Hellenius soon. If you're Francis and you're looking around now, do you really want to walk from UFC for a wild card like Fury that may never pan out? Now, right. if it pans out, you hit the lottery for life. Yep. But if you leave UFC and that doesn't pan out, yeah, I guess he could fight Wilder or something else and make some money, but it wouldn't be nearly as big. Are you saying that if he made this power move that would force him to leave the UFC chasing that one career-defining payday, which like could be insanely big, do you think he can make enough in other MMA organizations to justify taking that chance? No, no, that's the issue. And he's also the, like 35, which you don't want to panic because now is he, is he an athletic freak of nature, but that's you know it's still prime for heavyweights. So this is this panic. is the issue. It's like, dude, what could? And I'm being, I'm not trying to be hurtful here, but like, what could Bellator or PFL, in terms of a business opportunity, actually offer Francis that he could get commensurate money with a better UFC deal, which can is still limited, but it's still a function of their pay-per-view returns. What if they offered him secrets from the smart cage? <laughs> well, you, uh, free Uber Eats for life because of the smart cage. So here's my point. Do you take a risk on Tyson Fury, which, again, is a, I mean, you will make so much money doing that. But if you don't get that, what else have you lined up? The UFC path, to me, if they come up with their money a little bit, seems like the more secure option. Is there any chance a tie to Ivasa victory could get him John Jones, even if a title wasn't? In part of it. I say that because Ty was asked this week a lot about John Jones and yeah. he gave the quote to John, John DM'd him. Did you see that? I haven't seen that, but yeah. I, I say Ty was respectfully always said, Look, I think John is like the GOAT, but I also think I, I could go in there and knock him the hell out. So um, it, that would be a monster fight, especially if that was John's debut. Like th that would almost be the smarter way. Debut, like I always thought John was going to come back to heavyweight and debut against Brock. I thought that from even up until last year, I thought that was still possible, right? Because that's sort of the perfect, we're going to make a shit ton of money and John will win spectacularly, right? Yes. Is that in play here at all for Tuivasa? Or is John automatically going to be fighting either Stipe for the interim or Francis for the full? I got to tell you, I think if Ty can go in there and beat Cyril, and not just beat him, but like, you know, do the Ty Tuivasa bit, right? Somehow get it done, even if you're hurt or whatever, but like really put his fucking lights out. I think anything's possible after that. I really do. Because you know, John for the interim is actually in play, right? In some ways, it is in play here. I wouldn't call it your likeliest outcome, but to the point you're raising, if Ty does, seemingly by the odds makers anyway, the impossible here, yeah, that's absolutely in play. And you know, John would probably like his chances, yeah. and they could use this budding rival. You didn't see him DM him? No. They had a little bit of banter back and forth about, I guess. The way Ty explained it was, he doesn't even really know, but he goes, someone must have asked me about, would you fight John Jones? And he was like, yeah, sure. Like, he didn't even think anything of it. And then John DMs him, like, yo, keep training, blah, 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 blah. We'll see you down the road. And then Ty is like, you know, Ty doesn't give a shit. He's yeah. like, yeah, whatever you say, bitch, blah, blah, blah. 
And they had this back and forth, and then eventually John just blocked him. But Ty published it. We did uh, Luke Thomas. Uh, yeah, sort of. He tried to block him. But the point I'm trying to say is, well, he hasn't ever blocked me, actually, which is kind of weird. But long story short, uh, there, he posted the, the DM discussion. You could absolutely turn it into something if Ty can get what would be easily the biggest one oh, of his yeah. career. We thought Derek Lewis was the apex, but if you go and you beat uh, Cyril Gaon, forget it. That's a whole new ballgame. That, that would be a monster fight for the interim title, John Jones against Tuivasa, who's you know the people's superhero. That would be amazing. That would be wild. And you could put that on several different continents, too. That fight's big enough. Yeah, you can, you can do it from space. Put that motherfucker on Mars. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, let's go to the Coleman event. This one matters too, Luke. It's a middleweight tilt with not equal, but decently similar potential title indicate you know imp improprieties, implications, implications. There we go. A uh, former champion Robert Whitaker is a minus two ten favorite here, fresh off the close loss to Adesanya in the rematch for the title against Marvin Vittori, Luke, plus 180. He also got as far as the title level coming up empty against Adesanya. Uh, good fight, the right time for this fight, but there's been a little back and forth with them with essentially Whitaker hearing Vittori's statements about how he might win or match up and saying, like, paraphrasing, you're not on my level here. Like, I, you've never seen a fighter like me. Well, he did see Adesanya, so he, you know, that's a different type of conversation. Right. But is this the truth? face of what Vittori has to face this weekend is not just a win, but you are fighting a guy who in most categories, you know, could be your daddy. What are you asking me? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I was just, uh, it's, this is not a come on, Luke, okay? If that's, what you're, if that's, where, if that's where you're trying to go with this. Uh, is it as blunt as that? Vittori can win this fight. He is, deserves to be in this fight, but it's an uphill battle in most lanes he could take to try to win this fight, Luke. Um, I'm not as down on his chances as most people, and it's not like I don't think that Robert Whitaker is the deserving favorite. What, what do the odds makers have him as? They've uh, got Whitaker as plus minus, 180 for Vittori. And yeah, plus 190, minus 230 I have right here, which is the latest movement on the line. That sounds about right to me. I, I mean, I definitely think Whitaker should win. I suspect that he will. He is the more skilled of the two, and skills win fights. But I got to tell you, like, I feel like Vittori... He's got this aggro personality where even did you see the face-off today, the weigh-ins? I did not. He, you know, they, they each shake hands with the Mick Maynard who was doing the face-offs. And then you see uh, Vittori reach his hand in for a, a handshake, as does Whitaker. And before Whitaker can complete the handshake, he goes, ah, da, 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 and then poses up with him. Like, he's got this, you know, first guy into the mosh pit kind of attitude, which I think makes people think that he's a dumb fighter or something, but he's not. He's actually pretty skilled. He's actually the more physical, I would say, of the two. Now, of mm -hmm. course, Robert Whitaker went 10 rounds or whatever it was with Yoel Romero. But, but wouldn't you say Whitaker's lack of physicality, like in places like the clinch, that maybe those were areas he could have tried to one-up Adesanya better? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The problem is that Izzy is so um, defensively squirmy in those positions. It's really hard to, to so get... So would we agree that in some ways... Whitaker is Colby and Adesanya is Usman. It's well, it's a, there's a question about how good Colby is. To me, there's no question about how good Robert Whitaker is. Like he I think is, he's an all-time great who just happens to have an, uh, a real potential goat on top of him. Right? Yeah, he's something like Cormier to that's is, the is, is Jones. Cormier something like mean, that's you yeah. know I, that's not quite right, but there's something to be said for that. So I think he's that good. I think he is ex- exceptionally talented. The only thing I just want to say, the only thing I want to point out is, dude, Vittori is sneaky. He's sneaky. His game is a little conventional. I understand he doesn't have all the tricks that Whitaker does. Again, Whitaker should win this fight. But Vittori is also young. He consistently works his ass off. He gets better fight over fight. You can see it. Can he be a finisher on this level? Because that's the thing that's that sometimes been, So, so that's one back. of the things that's holding him back is his finishing capacity, which I think against Whitaker, you know, doesn't give him a lot of room for error. He needs to insert more, like, lethality to his game. And so for that reason, I'm going to pick Whitaker here. But I, I want to be clear, like, I would be very surprised if Tai Tuivasa won. I would not be all that surprised if Marvin Vittori shows us a new gear here. See, maybe I just somehow ended up worshipping at the altar of Robert Whitaker, but I would be very surprised because my first question would be, was it a Whitaker injury? Did his chin go out overnight? I don't see the path to victory. I don't see a potential clean, you know, unanimous decision here. Well, how about this? If he can't get the takedown, then I would be surprised if he beats Whitaker. That's my issue. But he's good for two takedowns per 15 minutes. This is a 15-minute fight. By the way, I, I, the fight should be five rounds, if you ask me, but whatever. Um, How is this not? Oh, there's a co-main. Yeah, co-main, you're, yeah, yeah. you're right. It's a co-main. No, you're, when, it's, when, it's a, when it's a bootleg number one contender, or de facto number one contender, which this is, yeah. you're right. It should, should be. It should, no, be, five should be five rounds. So the point I'm trying to make here is, if he can, now if he can't get the takedown, it's just hard to see how a stick-and-move operator in the way that Whitaker with this sublime timing will get hit. But if he can find a way to actually, like, wrap up with him, see how that goes, if he can get on top, Mm, anything's possible, dude. You're like, oh, well, you, what about Yoel? Yoel couldn't get a lot done. Yoel doesn't have, Yoel had major athletic ability, obviously, and he had good takedowns, but he didn't really have good control at all. He yeah. didn't have very much meaningful ground and pound with the exception of a few fights like the Machida one and some other ones. He was very loose with the control. That's why Whitaker was able to, he got thrashed a little bit, but was able to survive and then ultimately defeat him. Vittori doesn't have that same wrestling ability, but his control all the way through is much more um, succinct, I would actually say. The thing is, I I don't see areas where even if Vittori has a run of getting takedowns, that he's going to be able to get off the type of ground and pound cleanly that would make those long-term and advantageous use of his own gas tank. The fact that he's, what, 28? Yes. That doesn't give you pause about his ability to get better between fights? This is not a 33-year-old guy where you kind of are who you are at that point. You can switch things around here or there. At 28, you're still making big leaps. Okay, well, he's going to have to make that big leap. Yes, agreed. 100% agreed. Like, like when Cannonier arrived as a heavyweight, the power was frightening, but his ability to, on the job to become a very good boxer allowed him to get to the title. Totally level. true. If if what Vittori has for Whitaker is what he has shown us, it's not enough. Okay, okay. I'm merely saying... You know, be careful pigeonholing these guys. You know, we won't talk about it, but the resume review that we did, you go back and look at this guy, the career he was in at age 26, you're like, my Lord, like he wasn't even close to his full potential at this point. So I just want to point that out. Whitaker should win. Whitaker's the better fighter. But mm, Vittori is a little bit disrespected. Luke, is there a, 
Uh, Carr, is there a... Oh, by the way, I think it's going to be a decision. I think it's going to be one of Probably. those hard on Robert Whitaker three-round decisions. By the way, let me ask you this. What if what if uh, Whitaker goes in there and finishes him off? That's like... Uh, that's people. This is what I'm talking about with Vittori, dude. Vittori is a rock. He's a rock. Imagine if Whitaker goes in there and just polishes him off. That would be fucking impressive. That would be huge. I don't want him to go to 205. This is his division. Like, if, I'll tell you this much. If Izzy, uh, how about this much? If Whitaker goes in there and, and like, demolishes Vittori, like, puts him on skates, I want Whitaker to get the winner of Pareto or Izzy, like, for sure, even if it's a third fight with Izzy. I would I would love to see that one, for sure, against Pareto as well. All right. All right. I'm with you on that. Luke, when you look up and down this fight card the rest of the way, uh, we're not going to lie. It's not loaded. We got it's loaded we, with some French talent. We hit some... Um, some storylines on Wednesday regarding everyone from Dick Rico to New Manza, Luke. But what is the most important fight after the co-main and main here? It is the uh, New Manza fight. It's the Nasourdine Imovov taking on Joaquin Buckley. So the French actually wrote me after, what was it, Monday or Wednesday show. When you say the French, you mean the government or the... Yes, the uh, yes Macron. <laughs> he, he emailed me. Uh, no, there's some French MMA fans messaged me, and they were telling me that this fight is in this place for a very particular reason, that it's going to air on some French channels or whatever, which one it is. And they wanted this fight um, in particular located at a prime time on over-the-air wow. French television, which is why they put it where they did. So that's why it was so low on the card, because you would imagine, like, given the stakes. That explains a lot, yeah. Yeah, so that's why they did it. It's like when they have, it's like having a main event for the prelims for some kind of thing. It's sort of like that. In any case, it's a middleweight contest, and both of these dudes are absolute beasts. In the case of Imovov coming in off wins over Heinish and Shabazian, and in the case of uh, Numansa, dude, I was surprised. I thought Dariah was going to give him a, a, a hard time after the fight with uh, Razak Al-Hassan. And, dude, he, Buckley looks... He looked fantastic. Well, I think in that he's putting in the work and it's showing. Like, yes. Like, and I don't mean cardio or whatever. I mean like the work to to f refine his craft. Yes. And it's and it's growing. He it, it's he's getting your attention with the win streak. We know what he can do in terms of a you know crazy knockout, but he's got to be able to completely manage a fight on his terms and start taking over guys. And this would be the time to do that against an opponent this dangerous. Like you get this win. You're, you're officially for real, right? And Imovov is high-octane striker in terms of least volume, landing 4.29 strikes per minute. Buckley, just 3.74. That's not low, but it's not as high, obviously, as his opponent. How about this? Strikes absorbed per minute, 2.23 for Imovov. So he has a uh, a more than two-integer uh, positive differential. That's very high, taking on just a 3.42 Buckley. Buckley has a positive differential of about 0.3. So they've not faced the same opponents. So it's not all the same. But I'm just trying to point out, Imovov is a real threat to Buckley, does different things. Again, higher volume, a little bit more efficient, better defense. So this is going to be a real test of Buckley. But Buckley, by the way, somewhat underrated as somebody who can mix it up in the grappling and wrestling department as Absolutely. well. And probably the heavier-handed of the two. Plus 210, Joaquin Buckley, minus 250, Imovov. Imovov, also a submission threat as well. He can be at times. Good ass fight. So. Uh, you, you're going to tune into Air Jordan here, Luke? Yes, he's good as well. I uh, obviously have a lot of respect Charles for Jordan him. Jordan versus Nathaniel Wood. His Nathaniel Wood, previous bantamweight coming up uh, to uh, featherweight for this contest. Jordan, I thought, gave Burgos. You could you could maybe squint and argue he beat Burgos, but at a bare minimum, certainly in that last round, he gave Burgos everything he could handle. Right back on the horse. I do like this for him. Uh, obviously, speaks French, even though he's Canadian. So... Um, probably good for media over in that side of the world as well. This is a great fight uh, um, on top of that. Too bad, Tom. By the way, I was wrong. Ferez Ziam is not the dude who was yeah, shouting out. People uh, are upset about that, Luke. All right. Well, I, miss, I fucked that it up. You villainized this man. I, I apologize. It's not. That's not the guy. It's uh, a different one. So.
Uh, and by the way, uh, Figlak, for folks who may not know, devastating body puncher from the regional scene. Uh, I know this is his UFC debut. I saw some stuff on social media that folks were hyping him up. I took a look at it. Uh, looks like he could be an interesting, an interesting um, addition. All right. Uh, to the UFC roster. I'll keep my eyes open. This is what a 3 p.m. Eastern main 3 card. 3 p.m. Start time? Main card start. Yeah, I think that's they right. were targeting around 5:15. The main event would be uh, prelims. I don't know, 11 a.m. I don't know, noon, something like that. Yes. Why don't you and we and will have it? a post-fight show. I will be doing one. Do you feel like Tom Dukinwad just missed the window, man? If you're going to come out of retirement, this would have been the night, right? Yeah, that's funny. I hadn't thought much about Tom Dukinwad fireball. What do you think he's done since retiring from the UFC besides just tear up the French community? Uh, you mean with his, with his D? <laughs> with his Throw some Ds yes, on that yes. bitch. Yes. Uh, probably just that. Just probably that, just yeah. that. It's probably kept his time That's occupied. called the victory lap right there, right? I know. Can you imagine looking the way he looks? It just must be... Wow. It must be nice. Uh, who do you have a working top three of your favorite French-born people of all time? I'm gonna go Andre the Giant number one. <laughs> right, right. Favorite French-born? French-born, yeah. But uh, Picasso is he? Uh, my brother. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's my funny. brother was born in France. Does your brother watch any combat sports? Uh, he's a casual. Okay. He's a casual. You know who his favorite fighter is? Lyoto Machida. I was going to say it's going to be a thinker. Yeah, That's what it's going to be, a thinker. My brother taught me how to play chess. He's very good at it. Do you think your brother will ever appear on any MK vehicle under any circumstance? Under any circumstance, yes. Like, could I get him on Zoom for your 50th birthday, Luke? No. No. No, you couldn't. Okay. Thank you. Thank you to the Thomas family for supporting I, I can't say this enough. Like, <laughs> people think I'm doing a bit. They don't like me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they uh, think I'm a failure. So there you go. Uh, Luke, we're going to go to uh, topic number two. Let's do that. Unless you got more UFSA to talk about here. UFSA. In the French. Uh, you skipped, by the way, the uh, Argentine on this one. Then let's talk uh, about it. Who are we talking about here? Stephanie Eger taking on Eileen Perez. Eileen? It's spelled, it's pronounced Eileen. Okay. Uh, but it's spelled A-I-L-I. Eileen boy, right? You're an Eileen Perez. Uh, yeah, do you think those guys, those guys smashed because of that bit? Yeah, but like what quality? I, I mean, can you imagine they... you meeting someone and be like, "Wow, you banged one of the island boys!" Like, <laughs> I have, I have no respect. What for if them. you found out that they were ambassadors of like a BBL appreciation club? They were like, like the, the founders of it. I'd mitigate my <laughs> <thing a> little. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, I'm also going to be watching out for uh, Alessio Dick Rico against. Yeah, uh, look Roman at look Coppola. at look at this zero right here, Jake. Just Jake, chewing his nails. Dude, Jake is an artist. Farting, Jake on, is, the, farting on himself. Yeah, yeah, that's Jake von Amsterdam there from the uh, the coast of Canada. Born and raised there. There you go. All right. Uh, let's continue this to the weekend in boxing, Luke. Not a huge our, our one. MK audience loves boxing. Per se, but there's a couple things to talk about. Let's start off first um, with the big one. Sunday night. Look, a Sunday night pay-per-view. PBC on Fox offering us a heavyweight tilt. That is interesting. Luke, is it 74.95 interesting? Maybe a debate for another day. But Angie Ruiz Jr. will enter as a big favorite. Minus 400. When he takes on the still dangerous, supposedly 43-year-old Luis Ortiz, plus 290 for the Cuban heavyweight, whose only losses remain knockouts against Deontay Wilder in fights that he was either winning or, you know, right there on the scorecards. But Luke, Luis Ortiz, even though he's got a couple of nice wins to get here, including Charles Martin on pay-per-view, took damage, got dropped twice in that fight. He's not what he once was. No one knows his age, but he's still got a punch. And Andy Ruiz can be... 
Andy Ruiz looks like he's in good shape. He dude. can be inconsistent. So you want to start with the Andy shape because we yeah, got a video. Yeah, I do. I think that's the. I think this is the thing our fans will remember. Can we most. throw to this promotional video that Andy Ruiz put out during a Fox TV, uh, you know, promotional ad here for the fight. Uh, they've been calling this the Alex Jones body, Luke. Because <laughs> he's still kind of kind of chubby. But like those. But are, look at those, the abs. Those are abs, I think. Yeah. Luke. So look, he's worked, and if you want to ask yourselves, like. What's at stake here? To be very fair, Deontay Wilder's going to fight in a separate PBC on Fox pay-per-view against Robert Hellenius. Fox has been wanting to match these two together from the beginning. That's still a big fight, Deontay Ruiz Wilder, Wilder versus, versus uh, Ruiz. So for Ruiz, there is reason to get in this kind of shape. So what does this dedication do for your expectations of who wins this fight? I I'll say this. I think that Ruiz, when he has looked at in his better rounds and his better fights, it's when he has been uh, it's hand speed. Hand speed and combination, and foot speed to an extent, actually, have been the hallmarks for a guy this big who can do a lot. And if he's that slim, which means he's got offense later in the fight, uh, which means he's actually been in the gym practicing his craft, which means he can maximize the skills, the physical attributes that will that have carried him to victory in ways and, and you know, his best attributes, again, the hand speed, I, I have a lot of confidence. Like, Luis Ortiz is slower anyway. A little more plotting anyway, and probably a little more thoughtful of a boxer. Shot for shot, exchange for exchange. He's obviously Cuban and sort of thinks things through. Andy's a little bit more kind of in your face mm -hmm. with the hand speed. But I think, you know, I don't really know where Luis Ortiz is in his career anymore. He's much older. Andy is still pretty young. Andy has decent firepower. And again, I can't say it enough. His speed for a guy that size is remarkable. And if he's in shape, it should be really good. He might give old Ortiz some serious problems. Well, look, Andy has not been overly active since upsetting Anthony Joshua in 2019 to win the title as a late replacement it and then blowing up in weight and losing rematch. the rematch. But we did see him on pay-per-view against Chris Ariola And Luke, even though Andy came back in pretty good shape and even though he won that fight in the end, he got dropped in that fight against an Ariola that we were like, is he too old? To even Joshua beat? dropped him in the first fight too. So that, I think, entertainment-wise, even if Andy Ruiz is the is the more prime product that still has more left in the tank and probably should win even if they get wild and trade knockdowns. Luke, I kind of feel like they're going to get wild and trade knockdowns. So entertainment-wise, like, look, should Luis Ortiz and Charles Martin have ever been a pay-per-view? Like, under no circumstances at all. But the fight was actually pretty damn fun. So there's a couple things on the undercard worth talking about. I will in a second. How does this end? Does this end in an Andy Ruiz, like, resurging knockout win? I think it ends with him winning like eight rounds to four or seven rounds to five. See, he's not a big puncher. Even though he stopped AJ, it took him a while after hurting him. Yes, right? it did. Although and he is a favorite, but again, this is boxing where he's about a minus 350, minus 400 favorite to about a plus 275, plus 290 for Luis Ortiz. That sounds like a lot, but in boxing, that's pretty narrow odds, actually. But I think that's right. I think I give him the slight edge. I think I just think I just think his resiliency. And his work rate, I think that will carry the day. Do you think Luis Ortiz with a win could get himself a third Deontay Wilder fight? I fucking hope not. I fucking hope not. Uh, this fight will be wild. I think you got to like Ruiz. I don't think he's going to necessarily stop uh, um, Ortiz. Because even though Ortiz, it surprised us that he went down twice against Charles Martin. And no, he's not as quick and elusive as he was in even the Wilder fights. Um, he's got a good chin, though, and he's and he's tough. I mean, okay, so he's Luis got Ortiz? A, yeah, like Wilder eventually got to him, but Wilder landed freaking bombs on him, right? And also, Luis Ortiz rocked Wilder badly in their yeah. first fight as well. So he I think Ortiz is going to fight to the end unless he gasses, um, but I think this could be sloppy and it could be a lot of fun. Uh, it's on Sunday night, as you mentioned, not, yeah. not Saturday, Sunday night fight. 
lot at stake. Uh, Andy Ruiz shouted you out in the media. He said, uh, I wanted to let Luke Thomas know my goal in this fight is to become the first heavyweight champion of boxing history with Astats. Did he shout me out? He's that's like, really, that's very like, nice shout out Luke Thomas yeah. for this motivation right there. Luke, the co-main event gives us uh, the No return. one is more traumatized by the tattoo convention than you. The Astats, yes. Yes. It's, it's, it's just so unnecessary. No, it's not quite uh, the opposite. It's actually quite necessary. Look, Isak Pitbull Cruz is uh, is continuing his comeback trail from that close pay-per-view loss to Tank Davis in which, look, he didn't do bad, Luke. And on a late notice, he came in there and kind of had moments. It was a close decision win in the end, right? The Tank fight, people forget that. Mm -hmm. He's going to take on Eduardo Romero as a plus 475 underdog against the minus 750 Cruz. But Cruz is talking about, hey, if I win this, I want Tank again. Is there an appetite for a Tank rematch? No, not right now. All people want out of Tank Davis, and I don't know if it will happen, but all people want right now is that Ryan Garcia yes, fight. Yes, or Haney, or somebody or in, Haney. That, Some, in that. Somebody who's got a big name. Cruz, we've talked about Cruz on this show a number of times. If you've not seen him, little short dude, doesn't have a big mouth, but he is an absolute dog. In fact, I think his nickname is Pitbull. He is a come-forward, heavy-handed fighter. He goes to the body, then upstairs. He swings for the fences. He's exciting, and he's dangerous. He's actually pretty good, too. But, but... All eyes right now are on getting Tank Davis a marquee name, right. which Isak Cruz is not. Right, because, uh, you know, I enjoyed the Rolly Romero Fest, but, you know, the critics are saying, look, it's another sort of, like, fun fight. We want to see you against the very best. I hope one of those fights can be made. Luke, we would be remiss if we didn't mention our Showtime colleague, Abner Morris, also returning. Mm. He's been off for four years with multiple eye injuries. He was going to come back in 2019 against Tank Davis, by the way, and then had a detached retina leading into that fight. He's coming back at age 36, he says, not for the, the glory. You know, he said the money's good, but that's not the thing. He just wants to prove to himself, Luke, that he can come back. Last time we saw him, he fought... Uh, I thought he had a case to win this. It was a rematch with Leo Santa Cruz, another fight of the year candidate, as their two fights were. He lost a close one. We haven't seen him since. He's taking on, I believe, uh, is it Moistes Flores? I forgot. I don't have the name in front of me. A guy who's pretty good. It's going to be a lightweight fight. What do we expect out of Abner here? I don't know. I, you know, we, but by the way, when you say Showtime colleague, it's like, well, he's with Showtime. Uh, I don't know if we're his colleague exactly, but I would say that, um, you know, that eye injury also looked pretty bad to me, if I can just be honest oh, yeah. with you. It looked bad. And I'm, certain, I'm not going to sit here and make fun of, fun of him for it. I mean, the guy sacrificed everything in his career to, uh, to be successful, and that's the scar that he has to live with, so to speak. But I don't know what that means for his competitive boxing ability. Um, he, if you, I remember when Abner Morris didn't have an eye issue. He was just, you know, looked sort of like a regular dude, and now the eye is kind of all askew. Three division champion. He at was his, very good. At he his peak, he could good. mix up the boxing and the punching. The second half of his career, he was more of a fast-paced, like skilled brawler. Um, it's going to be a fun fight, regardless. I hope for his sake, he can get out of this what he wants yes. to, Luke. Yes. I wonder. I mean, if he looks spectacular, people will want to fight that name. Yes. That is for sure. For sure. For sure. That, uh, for sure so. That's true. But you know, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what his condition is. If the commission has licensed him and, and looked at it, and there's a good oh, reason. He for... had to go through extensive testing with the. Fair enough. So that's something. But at the, I, I, you know, am I? Am I skeptical that this is a thing that he can do again in the way, certainly the way he did it before? I am skeptical, well, but I certainly hope he can get out of this what he wants. Abner has said that people need to realize he's been in the gym the entire time working, you know, potentially for a comeback or he had the comeback scheduled. So sometimes that keeps a guy fresher than you think. We'll see what happens. Hopefully he can get it done. Uh, Luke, topic number three takes us back to the world of MMA. How about this? Former UFC 
light heavyweight title challenger Dominic Reyes, who's been off for a while following multiple defeats, has changed his camp in a dramatic way. Hello, CT, yeah. Luke. Connecticut's own Glover Teixeira, the king of Connecticut, runs that camp in, what, Danbury, Bethel area, Connecticut, alongside yep. uh, a growing number of fighters, including Alex Pereira, who's going to be fighting uh, Adesanya for the title coming up in New York City. So, Luke, this is pretty big news, but let's look at this photo that's come leaked out of those sessions. Yeah. In which Dom Reyes is posing with one Alex Pereira. Put that full screen, Corey. Former Glory King. Dude, look at that. So just to let everybody know what, what we're staring at is that Reyes is the light heavyweight, Pedeta is the middleweight, yeah. yet they look two divisions apart in some ways. I mean, he looks like he's standing next to a heavyweight. You know, mm -hmm. that's insane mm -hmm. how big Pedeta looks. Now I didn't know it was Pedeta at first because it's, he's, he's so, so fucking big. Yeah. When he cuts down, he's so much like yeah. refined and thinner and, and you know. Uh, here's what Dom Reyes says, quote, after much deliberation and prayer, I've decided I'm going to be doing my next camp in Danbury, Connecticut with... Uh, to share at MMA and fitness. What coach, uh, what's this guy's name? Fernelli Feliz? Yeah, Fernelli Feliz Sr. He's the ex-boxer. Yeah, what he's done with Glover Teixeira is a testament to the dedication and detail and his ability to maximize the individual fighter's personality and abilities. The environment the coach has created is one of the best of, uh, I've honestly seen. On top of that, I'm blessed to be surrounded by so much talent and knowledge. Glover has a vast well of UFC and MMA knowledge. His toughness, grit, and character, it's awesome. Alex Poetan Pereira, his size, strength, speed, and work ethic, and overall ability is second to none in the middleweight You're division. Get really good if you train with Pereira. And uh, he just keeps going on and says a bunch of good things. So he, yeah, he's going to be up in Danbury in this side. Of the, and I got to say, like, I don't know exactly what he was. Um, so initially, uh, Reyes was a guy with uh, Joe Daddy Stevenson. Yes. And he, I thought he again. I keep saying it. There's the only guy I've ever thought who really beat John Jones was Dominic Reyes. I really thought he did. Um, I thought he got screwed by the judges. But then subsequent to that, he hasn't looked all that great, to be honest with you. So I don't know what went wrong in the training environment. I don't know if this is the actual solution. But I will say it's good that Glover's allowing another light heavyweight to enter the stable because yeah. it obviously signals he probably doesn't have much left mm -hmm. in the in this in the sport. I anyway, I think he's going to retire, win or lose the rematch with Yeri. Think so? Yep. Yeah, probably you're right. So anyway. Him coming to this side of things and a little powerhouse being developed for bigger fighters yeah. in the Connecticut area. I got to tell you, I find it intriguing. And then to see this photo of Pereira. Now, I have seen, I had a uh, Sirius XM party where Reyes and Izzy both showed up. So I saw them face to face. They also look comparable in size. But the show the picture one more time if we have it of Pereira. And you kind of highlighted it here. I just want to show it one more time. Again, full screen if you don't mind. Or a three box. Dude, the thickness of, of that dude. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's probably yet to, he's yet to make the cut for the Adesanya fight, obviously, but um, it's just... Reyes isn't cutting here, is he? I don't think he's cutting here. No. So this is just, a, you know, I'm sure they're in training and they're eating reasonably well and, you know, so they're down a little bit, but good Lord, I you just can't believe the size of this man. So Luke, since Glover Teixeira was our first guest ever on the Room Service Diaries 2.0 couch here, we should build a pipeline with... Um, with his gym and get get Dom Reyes right in here. Let's let's find out about this. All right? Let's get Dom Reyes Dom, in here. Let's get Pereira in here with some right? Portuguese translators. Yeah. Well, well, Actually, do you speak Portuguese? Yeah, of course you don't. She speaks Syrian. You speak Arabic? You do? Okay. I mean, I, I, there you go. Is that yeah. clarification? That's everybody. That's everybody. Look, you're having a conversation with one person. The rest of us are just listening in on it. It's well, weird, this is the know? Morning Combat side podcast. All right, all right. Uh, so that's the deal. Um, what? When do we think? 
Like, does Dom Reyes jump right back in and fight a top five guy? I mean, what, what the heck's going to happen here? So if we look at the rankings, I thought about this as well. Let me pull them up here. If we look at the rankings, this is where things stand at light heavyweight for Dom Reyes. He currently is sitting at seven. Around that space is Jamal Hill, who had the win yeah. recently. Um, Anthony Smith, but he has the injury issue. I don't really know what his situation is. There's the Uzdemir fight. There's Tiago Santos, and then there's Paul Craig. I think any of those work for me. Paul Craig would be an interesting. Paul Craig's fight. a fun little one, right? Because if you're oh, yeah. not careful with Paul Craig, he will fuck you up. Yeah. But if you're if you're really on your p's and q's, if you're minding. And he'll paint his face and be like real weird and stuff. You know, I like that. I like that in people. You know. <laughs> All right, Luke, you good with that? All right, let's yeah, keep it going. Topic number four will be some quick hitters. Let's get Luke Thomas's opinion instantly to some of the biggest headlines in the last couple days in combat sports. Luke, Kyoji Horiguchi, fresh off of losing to Pat G. Mix in the first round of the Bellator Bantamweight Grand Prix, has said his return. It's going to come in Japan at Ryzen 38 versus Yuto Hakamura who has a 14-11 and 11 with two-draw record. Luke, that's September 25th. Um... Horiguchi's future. I mean, he's still the, the the two losses in a row were 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 surprising for sure, especially getting knocked out by Pettis in a fight he was dominating. Yeah. I, I mean, there's 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 gas in that tank for another big run. Right? Uh, here's what I love about this fight. Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, this is a mismatch." Yes, yes, this is yeah. a mismatch. Yeah. It's designed to be that way to get Horiguchi a tune-up fight. Not a problem with it, even a little bit. Zero issue with it. Um, there should be more of them. In it's Ryzen, right? Ryzen, Mojo Ryzen. I definitely don't think it's risen. Yeah, that sounds very American of me, right? Yeah. Um, all right. Luke, Maybe it's zone. Speaking of that same September 25th card for Ryzen 38, uh, Floyd Mayweather's going to be boxing on that card, Yay. Luke. His opponent is Makuru Asakura, MMA fighter? Uh, or Muay Thai, right? Yeah, I've not really paid any attention. Well, Luke, they did a face-off to promote this fight a month out, and things might have gotten testy because Floyd's... Bodyguard had to jump in and regulate. He mounted up here, Luke. All right. Regulators. Um, I mean, you don't. Could his bodyguard have a worse haircut? You don't, <laughs> you don't care about this at all, do you? No, no, not even a little. Would you go as far as saying it's nubbers? Wow. I mean, shocked. what are we doing? What are we doing? Okay. Here? What okay. are we doing here? And then Floyd's like, oh, no, I got this. By the way, Floyd, he's barely taller than Floyd. What channel will this be on? Illegal stream? I don't think this is airing in the American market. That's my understanding. Okay, it'll be on the Illegal Stream channel. I'll be there. I'll check. I'll be with you, Floyd. I'll rock with you, Floyd. Uh, Luke, Michelle Padeda continues to campaign publicly for a Stephen Wonderboy Thompson fight at welterweight. Okay. He tweeted out this quote, I want to fight him, meaning Thompson, and he wants to fight me. I don't understand why this fight is not happening. I found out today that he wants to fight me. I want to fight him, but for some reason, the UFC doesn't want to close this fight, and I don't know why this is already. I'm winning five consecutive wins. All my fights, I've always have a great performance. I deserve this fight. End quote, Padeda. Do the fans deserve this fight? Listen. Sure. I mean, I think Wonder Boy, they, you know, there was the rumors of Shavkat Rachmanov. Yeah, you don't want that. Don't Probably want that. not the fight he would want. But uh, this one makes to me a little bit more sense, a little bit more winnable in either direction. And could be fun, could be acrobatic, could be uh, crazy. Yeah, I think it's a good way Pade to go. Are you, do you consider Padeda... In the larger title discussion? No. Or no, 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 no. No, I don't at all. No, okay, that's that's fair, all right. Luke, did you know that Drake won $3.7 betting 
on a UFC parlay that included Molly McCann and Patty Pimblett winning, Luke? Yeah, which is why the Drake curse things are fucking stupid. Because and you he know, does lose a lot, but he wins enough to keep well, the... Well, he promised them Rolexes after that. that. He yeah. came through. Let's watch and listen to the video here, Luke, of Patty. Number 29, this new song, like, finish. Is oh, my Nice one for that safe, thank you very much. He said he'd get us a Rolex and he's got us one. You would have been able to get us a better watch if you would have bet with Barstool, you would have got more money. But thank you very much, really appreciate that, lad. Nice. Um, the belter. I guess that means good. That video felt very Nelk Boyish, right? It felt like a little, I don't know, it just felt weird. I don't why? He got a watch. He didn't do anything. Yeah, he got a watch. All right, he got a watch. That's cool. You, you love to hate on the uh, Scousers. I don't know what is up with you. Are they are they rivals with the Welsh or are they the same, Luke? Scousers are people from Liverpool. They're, but they're that's the neighboring, kind of. Well, not really with the water there. We kind of, right? Well, I mean, they're British. I don't, I'm not sure what you're asking me. They're close by in the map. I'm wondering if they're rivals or is it just me versus them, Luke? I think it's just you versus them. I, I bet I could rise up Wales again, well, on my back, you know? I bet you couldn't. I could call, I could call Calzaghi. <laughs> All, right. All right, Luke, uh, let's pick up from uh, UFC as we teased earlier, but it's real. The Venom apparel deal has now been re-signed on a multi-year deal. Yep. Luke, I don't, I really don't understand how, how you people, meaning you and the MK Universe, could believe that the Venom kit looks that much better than Reebok. It's it not, looks I mean, awful. it's not saying much. It's not like the Reebok kit looked great. Yeah, when you go back and rewatch fights and it's like prime Reebok deal, it looks professional. It looks, Luke. it looks terrible. The lines are, you know, firm and it's, it's. Dude, Venom has like firm. Venom lines. looks like. Uh, underwear that like a 21 year old like new metal fan would wear, right? No, it, they look like uh, athletic gear you would wear on the deck of the Starship Enterprise. It's just we it's just weird to me. I don't like I don't like it, Luke, at all. As you wear like, well, I actually like all the smoke yeah. gear, but you look weird in it. Look, there's a report out there uh, that Darren Till was arrested in July by the Stockholm Seems police. Seems out of character for DUI. Uh, is this, does this concern you, Luke? Beyond well, me? it's like, didn't he steal a cab in Spain and he got arrested for that? Not he's too wild. Long? No, he's wild. He's out of control. My Remember man, when he used to punk Mike Perry in public all the time? Yeah, my man is getting arrested in all kinds of places. Uh, listen, I mean, I, 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 how old is Darren Till? How old is Darren Till? I, I, my rule on getting arrested for drunk stuff is like, I'm very forgiving if you're in your 20s. Okay. He's still 29. Now he'll turn 30 in December. The day, God, his birthday is the day before Christmas. That sucks. They call uh, that Christmas Eve where I come from. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm, okay, but that Christmas Eve is the night, fuckface. Christmas Eve day. I mean, that's yeah, a weird yeah, thing Christmas to say. Eve day, yeah. The day before Christmas, whatever. The point I'm trying to make is uh, I forgive most. What's your most heinous drunk crime? <laughs> Because I've never had, I've never done DUI, uh, I've never. But I've had friends who had DUIs in their 20s, and they turned out later in their 30s. I don't well, think it would be that's good. That's why I was early on very forgiving of John Jones, because I knew people who like would fuck up and then get their shit together and they yeah. were fine. Yeah. So if this is the thing he's on, where it's just his 20s, I'm gonna be much more forgiving. But if this keeps going into the 30s, that's when you, that's when you, you know, got some bigger issues to. Uh, Luke, we have an official retirement announcement, and it came via MMA Fighting's Portuguese language podcast. Trococo Franca. I don't think that's how you say that. I think that is. Vanderlei Silva, Luke, is saying that he is uh, retired from MMA, although he's still interested in taking boxing matches. I think it's Trococao. And he is clearing the way for his 19-year-old son, Thor, who's going to make his amateur debut. This is uh, the ex-murder basically saying, look, my son's the next generation. I'm officially out. I didn't know he was still in, Luke. You know how like LeBron wants to play with uh, his his two boys, Bron and yes. Dylan? I want some MMA dad to be such a fucking nuisance 
that he wants to like, I'm gonna, um, I want my son's uh, UFC debut to be against me. What if AJ and Antonio turned on each other and they're like, let's settle it in the cage? I don't know. I don't I don't know what commission would like sanction that, but part of me wants to see like that commission is called BKFC. They'd yeah. be all over that. They'd love that. So, some like shady commission where yeah. dad fights the son to initiate like it's like a gang initiation to hate them in. <laughs> Tachi Palace also, presents. Also, yeah. you didn't you skipped the part where Vandalay Silva on like an extraordinarily right-wing platform wants to run for office. So there's that too. All right. What's up with all the MMA legends not just running for office? but like with far right platforms. Have you noticed that? Yes. Like there's no one in the middle or to the left. It's just all the way over to the in the past, far right. Although um, the axe murderer has, you know, maybe more famous fights, um, you've disparaged the quality of that Chuck Liddell classic brawl they had. Uh, because that's what casuals think is one of his better fights. It's not. That's not what we're saying, though. We're not saying that's his best also, album. Also, that fight came way too late and really I get that. wasn't that great. But just because he turned out a jazz album late in his career doesn't mean it's not great, Luke, okay? I mean, you didn't <laughs> it's, like it's, that? It's okay. It's okay. Okay, it's, that it's fight okay. ruled, dude. It's okay. It's just okay. It bought Chuck a couple more knockouts. If you were if you were familiar yet at all with his Pride catalog, that well, fight which is... Which I am, of course. Are you? Were you really? Yeah. Look, I was cage-side for Chael Vondelay 3, okay? Uh, in Bellator? Yes. All right. <laughs> I've been there, Luke, okay? I'm just saying... I've been on the ground. If you watched him in his prime in, in Pride, like, the Chuck fight's fine, but it's not great. Luke, ESPN's Mike Coppinger reporting through sauces that... Uh, Reliable ones? Naoa Inoue, the Japanese monster, December 13th in Japan, is targeting a fight with Paul Butler. The significance, all four titles at 118 pounds would be at stake. I think it's supposed to be to clear the way for the Japanese monster to move up and try his craft in a new weight class. Um, what do you think about this? Uh, I you love that? Anything, yeah. anything that gets him to bigger and better... I don't know, my, I'll, candidly, I'm not going to sit and pretend I know a lot about Paul Butler, so I don't know what to say about that, but I've seen Inoue fight now a number of times. He is everything that everyone says about him in, in good. Um, his last fight was just against Dodaire was a fucking mugging, and I thought it was yeah. going to be much more competitive. Yes. And I can't wait to see him fight again. He is one of the few boxers that I like. I really am like clear the calendar for. Dude, every time he moves up in weight, that power comes with him. It's it's wild. Um, I forgot to mention that this weekend there's a DAZN card from Mexico. Uh, it's going to take place in the evening. Juan Francisco Estrada, who uh, gave up his title at 115 because he didn't want to fight the mandatory opponent. Uh, he's still the sort of lineal champion in the division. Luke, he's been out a long time, 18 months since beating Chocolatito in the rematch, fight of the year contender. But not, we all didn't think he won. We thought Chocolatito should have won. It was close. They tried to make that trilogy twice. Both had COVID one separate times and had to pull out. Now we're going to see this weekend Estrada against a heavy underdog, RG Cortez. But the idea per Estrada is get the win here. Fight Chocolatito to close the year, Luke. To fight titles there at one-one or whatever the title situation is. I know he got stripped. There's a he's the super franchise champion. I mean, who cares at this point? The point is, if we get a Strata Chocolatito three, which Chocolatito, chocolate, chocolate, uh, Luke. If we get which we've deserved already, let's let's enjoy that. Okay, that's 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 all the shit I got. All right, that's your five topics for the week. <laughs> we transition to a segment which allows you, the viewer, to call us out after hearing our shit portrayed and displayed all out on the screen. Sometimes we get something wrong, but you better come with receipts. You better come hard. This one's called Dead Wrong. I meant in the paint. You better, like, in the paint. You know what I mean? That's what I meant. You know. 
Uh, what is it? Morningcombat at gmail.com, of course, your email home for this. We only have two this week, Luke, which means I've been on fire. Or that the audience got lazy in fact-checking. Uh, Nicholas here and Ben sliding in saying, on the Friday, August 26th episode, Luke stated that, quote, after age 40, you need a colonoscopy every year. Is this being fact-checked? They're saying for the general population, unless you were having acute GI issues or had a family condition or family history of certain cancers or conditions, a routine colonoscopy screening starts at age 45. If well, this is that's normal... Not, that's not what my GI guy told me at all. If it's normal, you don't need another one for 10 years. If you have certain findings, that interval could be decreased, but rarely would it be yearly. But as a medical provider, I love you prom promoting getting yourself checked out. I don't know who, which one wrote, is it Ben? Yeah, Ben wrote this. This in. motherfucker is not a, wait, wait, he's a medical provider? What does he do, hand out needles to heroin addicts? <laughs> the fuck you know about medical, you think a doctor wrote He's like, I wanna meet girls, let's get into gynecology. I mean, certainly right? I'm not a GI specialist, I don't know. I could just say what my guy told me, and he was like, you need annual checks. And I was like, okay. Maybe that's because of, because uh, you're fighting the battle, Brock Lesnar style right now. Fighting that Brock Lesnar diverticulitis battle. But I'm winning right now. I blew up that commode. Uh, Luke, Kareem coming at you, but you've already apologized for the... Oh, no, it's Mark, sorry. Uh, hi there, Mark Kareem. from Squamish, B.C., Canada. With a rare dead wrong for Luke from Wednesday, August 31st, that roughly 31.5... Sorry to Perez the Yam. I apologize for that. I fucked that up. I'm sorry. Yeah, there you go. Uh, love the show. Thanks for the content. All right, Luke, that'll wrap up the uh, boring That's it. That's part of our we show. Got? One, one about gonna... sticking a camera up my butt and the other one uh, about me mislabeling a guy. BC throwing these no-hitters every week, right? Dude, you, there have been weeks where you had like 17 of them shits. See, I'm so self-aware that I dead wrong myself in the moment. I do that sometimes. You have to. Yeah. Um, we're going to close the show with a little bit of you sprinkled in here and us. Uh, we call it MK Happy Hour every once in a while on a Friday. Luke will just blow off, right? There it is. Just like you guys do every Friday morning at your job about 1030, right? You're like, from here on out, it's fantasy baseball and podcasts all day, right, Luke? Uh-huh. Screw the expense reports. Um, we asked you for some questions. We're going to get to some of those that you tweeted at us. But Luke, you wanted to start off this happy hour with yeah. not only actual alcohol, but in a very particular kind of way. Uh, so yeah, so uh, let me put this on, see if you can read that. So this is called Golden Blood. This is the official, is, is this R R Kelly? let me turn it around. Hold on, let me turn it around so you can see the back of the label. Show the back. So this is the hand selected for our friends in the band Cannibal Corpse. It's from Three Floyds Distilling in Munster, Indiana. What was the expression in Kingpin? You, you got Oh, you got, um, yeah, Munson? Munson. Yeah, you got yeah. Munson, yes. Um, so here's the thing about this. You actually can't buy this online. You have to go to the place in... Fort Wayne, Indiana. Or, no, I guess it's Munster, Indiana, whatever. So you have to go to fucking Indiana to get this, which, I mean... So what? you're saying a donk did that? Yeah, so there's a dude who grew up, or grew up in a, you know, years ago, listened to me on the radio in D.C., and I guess he moved relatively nearby to this, and he messaged me, he's like, would you like me to go get it? I'm like, dude, you are under zero obligation to go get it. His name is Justin, shouts to Justin. And um, he was like, I can go get it for you. I was like, I mean, I'm not gonna say no, but you, please feel free to not do it. He did it, and he mailed it here, and so now we have a bottle, Golden Blood. Wow. I've had their, I've had the uh, Cannibal Corpse beer. It's like chocolate stout, which really isn't my favorite, but it's you know it's well made. It's from a brewery in Tampa. I actually went to the, the brewery there. We were there for the fight. My buddy lives yes. in Tampa, um, so we want to try this. Would you be willing after we drink it to rate it among the other celebrity whiskeys of the moment, like Proper Twelve? Here we go. Like Here we go. Tiger Here, Blood. Yeah. I mean, Tiger Blood. 
You know, like Brendan Schaub's thing? What was it called? Tiger Thick. Tiger Thick, that's it. Two, three C's? Three C's on that? Uh, single barrel straight malt whiskey aged for four years in New York. We do need some cups. Yes, come on, Ashley. <clears throat> do you think Tiger Thick is a good way to describe uh, Tiger Woods' uh, DMs, Luke? <laughs> oh, do you, did you ever read his text messages to all those porn stars? Yes, they were aggressive. They were, wow, my man likes to get busy. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't make him a hero for that, Luke. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if his email is bootyeater69. Right? <laughs> oh, wow, wow. In his phone book, it's like uh, uh, boo boo wild thing, right? I'm going to take these glasses off. Glasses. So, my daughter, Luke, uh, my daughter, let's kick off an MK my happy daughter, hour. My daughter can't, has a trouble with the words glasses versus gafas. So she says glasses. It's very hard for her. Yeah. She's, you know. All right, let's see. She'll fix that at this new Spanish school that, that she's going to. Have a whiff of that. Not bad. Is this, what is this called? Whiskey? Straight whiskey? Or is it like a flavored? What is it? Yeah, I think it's just, uh, I don't think it's a blend, is it? I don't think so. And what was the guy's name that sent it to you? Was it Josh, you said? Uh, Justin. Justin, okay. Justin, thanks for being a donk, all right? Just a little bit here to start things off. I get a little frisky after a couple whiskeys. I'll give you a little bit more of a pour there. Let me pour a little more in mine. What do you think? How's this? How's it smell? It smells like a vasectomy in some ways, Luke. Maybe that's just golden the, blood. Yeah. There we are. Whew. Golden blood. Are you want me to put it? Which way do you want me to put it there, Jake? Now, what's the golden blood significance to your barbaric carnivoristic band, Luke? I don't know. Is that a song, an album? Is it what they? I'm aware of. Do they piss in people's arteries to to create golden blood? What's yes, the thing? I, no, they but do. they they you know, what's the name of their big song? Come as you are. Or? Yes, come as you are. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. Would you say it goes down like death metal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would. It goes down like a goth chick. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just. Yeah. That is wow. How many? How many goth chicks you banged? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we can talk about that on this show, Luke. Wow. Uh, it's not that great. Um, you can find them at the Renaissance Fair, though. You ever been to one of those, Luke? Dude, the Renaissance Fair, my wife loves the Renaissance Fair. Dude, it's creepy, it's, though. It's, it's the creepy. saddest. First of all, first of all, like, eating a big-ass turkey leg, this is cool to nobody who's interesting, number one. No, wait, but would you say before we trash them, would you say there, there are elements to a Renaissance Fair that are cool, but there's a lot of other yeah, sh leaving dark it. shit going on around it, Luke, that's weird, right? Uh, no, I think Renaissance festivals are lame as shit, and I have been to a, two of them, and I was like, first of all, the, the latrines, the porta potties. I mean, people just having abortions in there. It's oh, just stop that. What, what is it? Just a, a, a just trough? blood and oh, feces. Come on. No, come on. And, come on. I mean, you just can't believe what these animals leave in there. Number one, that's the first thing I would say. Second thing I would say is like the food sucks. Like, oh, here's a big ass turkey leg that's dried out and gigantic and impossible to hold. Okay, well, this is fucking stupid. Or you just get like straight up like street fair food, like curly fries or whatever the fuck, corn dogs. And everyone's dressed up like a time and in human condition when life was fucking miserable, where disease was rampant and the game sucked and life was brutal. Like, what about this is fucking and then interesting? There's a lot of tarot cards. Yeah, and it's weird too. It's like, oh, if you're a Libra, come get your fortune read here. I'm like, really? Were they doing this in the Middle Ages, you fucking morons? This was the thing, you know? 
Figuring out if Leo's had a good month. A lot of Jethro Tull playing in the background. Oh, Gaff says, what about Medieval Times? I stand by Medieval Times. That's a good That's a good family experience. What's Medieval Times? The restaurant where they do the big uh, horse and night show. I hope my daughter and I never go. Oh, no, no, it's worth it. It's worth it, dude. Oh, is that where they had the joust? Yeah, and there's like a big, like, it's a thing. It's not just Medieval Times, but like it's dinner theater. I got to tell you, thing, like, right? my, my wife, for example, let me, let me point this out. So my wife, one movie, style of movie she can't watch, and I think it's a real limitation of her. She can't watch cowboy movies. Like, she doesn't understand it. It's a very American thing. It just doesn't appeal to maybe, her. Maybe you need a different entry point in that genre. How about Brokeback? <laughs> right? It's a cowboy movie. Yeah, I mean, it's a cowboy yeah, movie. Yeah, very yeah, cowboy right, movie. Yeah, right. uh, you know, but she just doesn't like them. And I think there's lots of very good cowboy movies, and it's just hard for me to get her to watch one. Wow, this hurts every time I drink yeah, it. Yeah, it's powerful. It's powerful. It's, yeah. not, it's, not, it's not fun to drink. Uh, I think in a similar way, like... Medieval shit, unless someone's getting tortured or whatever. I don't. It's what not... about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure when they when they went and they were like, put him in the Iron Maiden, and they're like, excellent. <laughs> yeah, you know? I, I, I'll let like you know cameos okay, of the okay. Middle Ages, but I, I basically find that time of life that boring. Whenever my wife is like, oh, let's watch this movie, and I know it's going to be some kind. And of... also, dude, can we just be honest? The people who go to Renaissance festivals, these are fucking nerds. Can we, I mean, I know I sound wow. like Colby and shit. Y'all are some fucking herbs. None of, I don't want to talk to none of you when I'm there. Are you saying you have now turned on any donks out there, P1 donks, who happen to love them Satan and Renaissance? <laughs> is that what the Renaissance Festival is? Is Satan and <laughs> is the that, Middle Ages? Uh, you know, they're st are they still welcome here, Luke? I think they're still welcome. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I'm not here to take away that experience from other people. I'm not saying shut down Renaissance Festivals. You're like, look in the mirror. That's what you're saying. I'm saying you fucking suck. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel wow. like Danny Sabatello <laughs> out here. I'm judging you. I'm judging you. Two sips of whiskey and you're like, I, I, I just let's went, go streaking. Yeah. I, I always had like an uneasy feeling about it. My wife's like, you'll love it. Let's go. And then we went. And I'm like, yo, this shit is like wildly lame. Like, there's nothing fun about the this. The only thing I, I went, brought my kids when they were smaller and they had, imagine like a paintball field, but instead you're shooting these large bow and arrows. But the arrows can go far. They're like Nerf bow and arrows, but, but they're heavy, but they have a soft end on it. Yeah. So then you got to like eliminate people by hitting them with them. From like a it's pretty cool. Uh, well, I didn't do that. Shit. My kids could not like figure it out, you know. So I had to defend the. I had to like I, I must protect this house, you know. Uh, no, I'm not. A, a county fair is much more interesting to me. I am probably not surprised based on my basketball stories. I am insanely competitive in s scenarios in which you shouldn't be. Like my my local high, my town's high school had a um, dodgeball tournament. And like, you know, a couple other parents said, hey, would you come and, you know, you make a donation, goes to the school funds, and then you play in this dodgeball. Dude, it was like a combination of Game 7 and like the Vietnam War for me. Like, I was going after it, dude. And people gave me a lot of dirty looks, and I think they talked about me in the community. And guess what I'm here for, dude, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I've never done anything like that, but... Uh... And you know, I know what the common yeah. I know what the common refrain is going to be, which is like, oh, you don't know how to have fun. Yes, when it comes to getting uh, head lice, and eating bad food and shitting in this pile of abortions that people leave. All right, I mean, you're right. I don't is, find that enjoyable. Okay. Yes, this, that's can true. Can we clean this up, please? I mean, come on, uh, Luke. We had this debate over the um, bands that have lost their lead singer, but can went I get on, a napkin, please? Went on potentially to as good or even better fame, which is a small club. You know, there, there's there's Van Halen, there's AC/DC. Some people are like, Yo, what about Joy Division? I'm like, What about it? But uh, I forgot Genesis in that. I know this isn't going to move you, but... I like a little few of their, even though few of their I tracks. Prefer the Land Peter... of Confusion always gave me nightmares when I was a kid. Okay, well, here's what I'm saying. Even though I preferred the prime Peter Gabriel, because that's real Genesis, 
Phil Collins era didn't, it wasn't instantly poppy. There was some good, like, progressive albums there in the beginning. And even the pop stuff, Luke, I, I kind of like it. Right? Yeah, I don't care about this. Do you remember Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer video? Yes. I did like that. That was fun back in the 80s. Yeah. That was considered, like, groundbreaking. I really like that. Peter Gabriel's solo catalog. It's like world music mixed with pop, and it's weird. I kind of like that shit, okay? That's cool. Uh, can we get a, can we go to our first fan Yeah, what do question? we have? Let's kickstart this conversation from Billy Boneless. Luke? That's me in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't used to be. It is now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've given up camping, Luke. There'd be no pitching of, uh, of anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what would be Luke and BC's weight classes if they fit into UFC caliber shape? Luke, what do you think you weigh right now? Would you be willing to share that? I can say this. I know for a fact I could not make anything less than middleweight. I think that would be the very... Well, are you right now under the UFC heavyweight limit? Yes. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Yes. If, if you got in fight-ready shape, could you cut to light heavyweight, 205? Actually, you know what? I don't think I can even get to middleweight. So the doctor told me that he thinks my weight is probably, I couldn't get past 230. 230 is the littlest I could be. So I could maybe get down to 205. You know, I got a guy for you. His name is Chef Kaz, Las Vegas. That guy can get you down to 205. <laughs> he wears weird he shit on his body. And, he has ways and means, all right? Thank you, Ash. You now, if there's blood coming out, I want you to look at it, okay? Um, Luke, I weigh, you know, whether I'm in shape, isn't this weird? Whether I'm a fat piece of crap like I am right now, or I'm in shape, which is rare every once in a while, I always weigh 226 pounds, always. You could maybe get to middleweight. You think I can get to 185? Wouldn't I C die on the way there? Cutting weight. Like, in other words, for like a, a period of an hour, you could get there and then hydrate. I couldn't, I, yeah, 205 would be my absolute. What about a reality show where you and me move in with Chef Kaz, and he puts those weird, like, bubble things all over our bodies, Luke, and we try to cut down and make a UFC middleweight fight against each other. That'd Does he kill us and then fuck us <laughs> and then eat us? He eats us probably at the end, but that's fine. It's part of his nutrition in the end. It's red meat. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. I, w what's your goal? What do you want to be? As an MK host, what, what weight do you want to get 240. I think 240s. You think I can get to 200? What would I look like? Uh, I wouldn't be a this, penis. I wouldn't look like this anymore, right? You got a shriveled up penis. All right, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> you dickhead. Uh, let's go to another fan question here. As well. I'm enjoying burning time right now. I'm enjoying it. Let's see. Which is better, it's Kyle? Web screen, bro. Oh, it's Web screen. What What is a better Kyle McLaughlin movie, Dune or Showgirls? <laughs> McLaughlin starred in the the original 1984 and 1983 Dune. That, I could tell you which one I've seen awful. more, and the answer is Showgirls. Yeah, would you say he for for as absurd as that movie is that he brought for him absurd and, him and Gina Gershon brought a little bit of class to that movie. Gina Gershon was hot as shit in hot that as movie. Shit in that movie. Uh, but um, would they, did they class that joint up, or is that joint a just a gross, you know, like massage parlor, bunny ranch, Las Vegas type setup? That movie was gross, but I was there on first showing, dude. Remember, I told you, we got kids in with like fake birth certificates to get them in on the, that were like, you know, freshmen in high school because we, ha as a cross country team, it was an hour. These kids today don't know the struggle of, they don't know the struggle. of trying to indulge your own horniness as a teenager <laughs> in the 90s. I'm telling you, we had the it first. It was not so easy. We had at least 27 dudes there. It was like three rows we took. I bet like, you and did. It was so rowdy. None of us, like, it wasn't like, yeah, I know where you're going with this. It wasn't like It'd that. It'd be fine if you did, but. Uh, it's a public place. What are you, Paul Rubens? I mean, come on, right? You know? Uh, this is, uh, yeah, but the, it was epic. Look, it was. By the way, you just made a Pee Wee joke and they didn't put the 90s counter Did up. you see it in the theater? No, no, I did not. I saw it at home. 
It was epic in the theater. Do you realize like the, the horny teenage kid significance of like your favorite TV show? What's the was... horniest you've ever been in public? <laughs> okay, here we go. Hold on. I'll, I'll never, I'll never forget. I had a so my last two years, somewhere my last year in college, I lived in the fraternity house. But I think two years I had lived off campus in an apartment with some friends. And uh, there was like one really bad winter storm, and we went to like the video store back when there was such a thing. We rented a bunch of videos, and I decided. I was just gonna rent a bunch of pornography. If we're gonna be locked up, oh my God. what else do you do as a 21-year-old kid? Hour, great idea. So yeah. then I just never returned it, and uh, then I would get, you know, you know, like if you don't like pay your bills, the bill collector calls, and this one, the guy would never read it out. He would never be like, uh, "Sure, you didn't return uh, burying in the bone, four hours of barking and begging." <laughs> but what he did do was the weird, uh, "Sir, you've got." Um, how do I say this? He goes, uh, several adult titles <laughs> out, and I never returned them. I never oh, returned them. Wow. Where are they today? You they still in rotation. <laughs> I, they're, they're, I think I rented them on VHS. I have no fucking idea. But Do you have a working VHS in your house? No. I have a VHS, but it doesn't work. My dad bought my daughter a CD to play, like, ABC songs. You're like, Poppy, we don't even... I was like, Dad, I don't even, even fucking have a CD yeah. player. Like, I think we have one in the car or whatever. What is, what is his grandpa name in the family? Huh? Does he have a grandpa name in the family? Grandpa. Oh, it's generic. Yeah, it's not it's like grandpa. grandpa Rob, it's just Grandpa. Yeah, it's just Grandpa. I thought you would have something authentic, Luke, like... That's pretty authentic. That, that's generic, okay? What do you think <laughs> Those Abuela, guys what do you think sitting Abuela around is? the corner that call themselves Grandpa. What do you think Abuela is? Just means grandmother. That's it. It kind of means like potentially hot and no, spicy. No, it just grandma. it just sounds exotic to like, you. Remember Mona in the first season? Who's the boss? Listen when to she me. was. Listen to dude, me, dude. You, you could me. argue. I'm the captain now. You Listen could to argue. Me. You're only saying that because you are painfully white. That's why. It just means grandmother. That's it. Doesn't mean anything. Luke, else. The difference between us is I know I'm painfully white. No, no, I do too. But I also have an understanding of like, you know, that they don't consider that word exotic at all. That's that's because you're half Armenian. Okay, you just say words? No, I mean that. Words. You have a little bit more connection to, to different cultures and a global sense of things. My sense of things is Factory Town USA, all right? Okay? You know Shitville I mean? USA, yeah, Renaissance Festival USA. Um, Luke, I do, you know, I like to talk music with you that doesn't involve you shaming my indigo girl's colored car or, uh, you know, my love of um Or just, you know, four hours fusion. of Robbie Shankar playing the fucking <laughs> sitar. Yo, John McLaughlin slays, all right? Um, my question is, We've talked about this before. Do we have a music middle ground? It's certainly not Cannibal Corpse. Maybe it's 90s. Hip-hop. Well, no. Maybe it's 90s, like, grunge rock slash hard rock in different, in some areas. Like, I'll go, I'll go softly into hard rock. I won't follow you down, right? You know what I'm saying? I'll follow you down, but not that far. What's, the, what's like, the softest person you've seen in concert? That's a weird way to ask. Soft? It. Oh, like, well. I saw Gin Blossoms. That's pretty solid. That's pretty. That's way. pretty good choice right there. Okay, there's a difference because at my at my like most out of controlness, I'd go to like the TLR concert. TLR. TLR tour. It was like oh, Destiny's Child and. Um, Wait, TRL? You mean? TRL. Yeah, total. Did I say TRT? No, Vitor was not performing. Um, it was it was like all the major pop bands of the moment, and you'd go there and you'd get trashed and you hook up with girls, Luke. You know, age-appropriate girls. That's really where I'm going with this. But um, like when you say you, you mean you, or you mean well, like you know, you're not there. Oh, Nelly was headlined. You're not there for the music, though. So it'd have to be a band that you're actually there for. You're paying to see them, but you're hoping that no one knows you're there. Again, my very first concert was Collective Soul. That's pretty nubs. I just found out from my dad that my real very first concert was Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Fourth of July, 1989, for free at a uh, at a minor league baseball stadium. That's kind of lame, you know. Yeah, my daughter saw Dying Fetus when she was a fetus. 
I can't believe you would subject your family to that. Just it was film. a fucking great show. They killed it. Why does your wife like that? Why does she have that? She doesn't like dying fetus all that. Kill? She doesn't like dying fetus all that much. But she, I had to go to so many of her fucking Norwegian doom metal shows when we were when we were dating. Like I've seen Opeth, who's pretty good. I've seen Opeth honestly seven or eight times at this point. Uh, was Anthony there too? Uh, yeah, Op oh, Anthonyeth and Opeth. Yeah. Uh, it's an old radio joke. Yeah, yeah. They don't even know who that fuck that is. Well, he's now like wildly racist. Uh, I want to find a, a meeting ground. You said hip hop, but you don't really mean that. What you mean is commercial '90s hip hop. Yes. <laughs> right, Luke. That's what you mean. We don't have any connection in hip hop beyond that. This yeah. It's getting gross. Thank you for taking the camera off of that, Luke. You're just. Well, I can't fucking breathe, bitch. What do you want me to do? You want to see anyone want to see a dead body? It's 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 rotting. Go to the Renaissance Festival and open the latrine door. So, Luke, do we have any? We don't have any classic rock cross beams. Like, do you not own any classic rock albums? Or maybe now, digitally, it's hard to say own them, but like, did you, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, did you not have classic rock CDs? What's no. up? Why are you so unclassic? Well, you grew up the same era I did. Yeah, which but is, did your dad get you into Led yeah, Zeppelin? Yeah, because my parents didn't do any of that. He put Zero. on Purple Haze by Jimi Hendrix when I was in seventh grade because he saw that I was buying rap tapes and he was like, I cannot have you like get down on that shit. But it was like commercial. My dad like, thinks like MC My Hammer dad shit. thinks all of that music is for simpletons and never introduced me. Like music started when I started listening to it in whatever era oh, I came wow. out. That's so it. So my dad was like, look, I know you like oldies 60 songs. Does anyone want this? <laughs> it's not great. I've been taking mine down. You're not gonna go the the, the finish on that? No. But when he played Jimi Hendrix, I was like, oh there's another thing that, that could happen. My brother got me into the Beatles a little bit for a while. Yes. yes. Um, and who else was he like big into? But Beatles. you don't own like Exile on Main Street by the Stones or like Led Zeppelin II. I think honestly the first album I ever bought was the Metallica Black album. I think it was the first one I ever bought. You were sheltered in your own way as a child. Yeah, a little bit. And, and beaten with reeds. Uh, and a lot of other things, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I, my parents, you can just, my, you, you, if you met my dad a lot more, this would make sense. Why can't I meet him? What are you? Why are you stopping me? From oh, I'm not him? stopping you. He just won't answer. But like the point I'm trying to make is, they have such a, a totally different view of the world. Not just than your parents, but like I think most parents, they were not connected to American pop culture at all, at all, at all. Which is weird because I came up in the '80s where pop culture was. Intensely relevant. But wasn't your dad working at different spots around the world? He was. Yeah, my dad was a diplomat. Yeah. So I mean, you're not plugged into MTV at that point. Yeah, but it's even. It, it, I don't even think it would matter. Like, even if he was here the whole time. Now, my sister. You know what? My sister was into like '80s stuff, like Echo and the Bunnymen. She's a big Ani DeFranco. Fan. Tears for Fears. I like Tears for Fears. Damn right. Tears for Fears is Songs the shit. Song the big chair is still holds up to this. Yeah, show. yeah. Uh, Crowded House. Hey now, hey yeah, now. Yeah. You no, know what I bought on vinyl the other day? So... Um, Simply Red's first first record. I don't know that. Holding back the years. Yeah, but see, I'm just trying to point out, all that dumb shit you like is because someone, like, handheld you and showed it to you. I, I, no one ever showed me any of that stuff. I didn't really hear Led Zeppelin for the first time until I was in, like, high school or college. How'd you ever get to second base with this attitude? Turns out you don't need to know Joni Mitchell's fucking B-sides to get anywhere. All right. Luke, well, I feel like you're showing a different side, even though you're pushing out on that big time. I, I mean, look at the difference here. I don't even drink this this motor oil here. It's, um, it's, not, you're, it's you're, not great. In some ways, Luke, you're not stepping up. But I think you're showing people that, you know, you, you've got different speeds to you. What have I got to hide at this point? I mean, 43. You've given up on protecting dignity? Yes. That, I gave, well, I gave up on that a long time ago. I partnered with you three years ago. What do you think has been doing since then? I've been preserving my dignity? I've been whoring that shit out since the moment I shook hands wow. with you. Wow. All right.
Uh, he, no, they, I don't want to drink. No. They would. They they were asking if you want margaritas. They were, that's really nice of them. It's very funny. They know the what there. gets you loose, Luke. Okay. Very funny back there. Uh, can we go to another fan question here? What, where are we at on time? I could do this all day, Luke. But we know we do have to re resume review somebody pretty soon. No BS. How do you see McGregor's next three years? This you see that chill video? Hefe. See that chill video? Chael goes, uh, guys, I'm here to tell you. Oh, that McGregor's like never going back. Yeah, he's like, McGregor's championship run is over. He doesn't know that, but I'm telling you, that's what he said. I don't know. I, 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 we go back to this all the time. I believe the same thing you do, which is I think McGregor's got one big, super awesome win left in him. But that sounded a lot easier to say last summer, right? It's been yeah. a long time. Has he done anything since getting injured and losing to Poirier in the trilogy that gives you confidence? I feel like everything no. has been... A weird or negative or don't show this or whatever. Yeah, you know? and he was going after Hezbollah on Twitter. And I, I, I'm not a big Hezbollah on Twitter, or I should say I don't think his shtick is all that funny, but um, I'm certainly not going to go like and call him names and shit. It was like, it was like angry at yeah, him. Yeah, he said he would punt. He, he would punt he would... him, yeah, and he called him all kinds of things. And then, uh, and then Hezbollah was like, yeah, I don't follow bums on social media. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's pretty good. Yo, but... The thing about Hezbollah is like he'll actually go after Connor, like physically. Like if they see each other, like he'll, he'll, he's about, the thing is, is at the end of the day, Hezbollah is about that life. He's a little slap happy, that guy. Oh, no, huh? he just put it on Shaq. Alex, you'll see it Monday. Alex Volkanovsky just got I saw, Hezbollah. I saw, he was rubbing that shit in his face, quite yeah, literally. That's yeah, so I respect in city kicking bone. Okay, right so there. next three years, what do you think? Connor McGregor. Does he get his hand raised again? I mean, dude, it's such a wild card, man. The thing is, like, do you believe he'll finally? Wow, look at this hair. This is interesting, right? Bitch, you look. <laughs> what do I look like? All, besides bad, what do I look like? Just pathetic. You look like a bird that got hit by a car. I'm like a bird, Luke. I'll fly away. All right. You look like a, you look like your hair looks like roadkill, literally. Well, what were we talking about? Probably something. McGregor's stupid. next three years. I don't know. Like, we've been waiting for him to come back and like fight three times in a year. Damn, and he didn't dude, that fight. shit is intense. COVID killed his plans after Woo! Cowboy. Injury oh. killed his plans after two losses to Poirier. Dude, I can't drink like I used to. My wife was telling me I, how much I used to drink. She kept a log of it. I used to have two, like, big-ass doubles almost every day. Why would she keep a day. log of it? She's setting you A up. mental log. I don't mean, like, a written log. Oh. I mean, like, she would because she would serve me drinks at certain times. Like, I'd be sitting on the couch, hey, you want to drink? Like, bitch. Okay, I don't call my wife bitch, neither do you. But I'm trying to point out, I would have like, oh, like you know, two-thirds of this thing filled with just pure booze, a little bit of Coke on top, and I would drink two of those a day at bare minimum. Before work? At the, at, no, no, no. I would never do work that way, but like at the end of the day, like when I would go on these road trips to wherever the fuck I'm going, Vegas, whatever, I would drink a bottle almost every night, like just hammering the booze. Dude, and, that's setting yourself up for an early death and a lot of That's why I stopped. That's why I stopped. Yeah, I stopped during the pandemic, basically. Damn. Yeah, I used to drink a, a super unhealthy amount. Um, Conor McGregor, Luke, is... Dude, I still don't know. Is he coming back against Tony? A Chandler level? Usman for the belt? Uh, you know, Nate again? No, probably not Nate now. Um, Masvidal, probably Masvidal, maybe? I don't know, Luke. I don't know who he would even come back to to try to predict what... You know, if he's going to stay active and is willing to entertain some kind of softer matchmaking, which it... Let's be fair. How much do the fans? No, no, miss? no! Don't don't turn, turn the corner. Don't turn the, the corner when I'm still talking to you, Luke. Okay? The idea here is, Luke, we we maybe inflated what we saw against Cowboy. We may be giving him more respect than he actually deserves in terms of like where he's at. He wanted to face really low-level competition after the Cowboy fight. Let's not forget that he was DMing Dana and saying, "I want to fight what Diego Sanchez. Diego Sanchez level." So. But then the next moment is like, I want to fight Usman. I want to fight, you know, John Jones, you know, whoever. I have no freaking idea. And maybe the longer we wait, which 
increases the uncertainty. Maybe that's the way we're going to get really back into this in terms of really being into his comeback, is I don't know what the hell he's going to look like. But what do you think the level of matchmaking will be? How do you sort of find that spot in your brain? I think it'll have to be somebody with a name. A flawed name like Tony is perfect. Yeah, what are we doing here? Do you remember that one time we were doing the podcast and then they were just moving furniture in the background? Do you know Ash's answer was plugging in my laptop. She's like, I just got to interrupt the show for a second. Just I got to. I, I, I burned through the battery on Etsy. She's like, that outlet wouldn't have been good. That one. How about the outlet in the show? That was, let's, let's, let's plug it into that one. Thank you. Uh, let's go back to the fans here. <coughs> let's see how long we can keep this hour happy. From at Fizduku. Wow. Is that, I think that's a reference to the great Sith Lord, former Jedi, Count Dooku. Count Dooku was always kind of a bitch. I no never... way, dude. No, dude. Look, he got fucked over by George Lucas, who wrote in that Yoda could could handle him in a, in a lightsaber duel. Fuck that. No chance, dude. Are you one of these assholes who's like, I read the comics. No. Like, oh, yeah, I'm just like, that's, that's, the Renaissance not, Festival that's not realistic or fun to watch. Yoda have that much power. I'm sorry. It's not. It's not cool. It's I don't not agree good with that at all. I thought it was, that was one of my, well, I wouldn't say it was one of my more favorite parts, but, all right, but I didn't Count, mind it. Count Duke, who's uh, uh, Jiz's friend here, is asking a stupid question. Luke, who wins in a fight, two Mighty Mouses or Shaquille O'Neal? I don't give a fuck. Next question. Two Mighty Mouses would be the answer. Okay, next. Yeah. Any more? Uh, oh, Jesus At Christ. I mean, okay, here's the MMA Martin Smith. Luther's 99 thesis. Hey, Luke, uh, who could Robert Whitaker beat in the top 10 of the light heavyweight division, in your guy's opinion, slash, could you see him making a title run? I feel like he's too small. Title run, I don't know about. physical stats. I think he is too small. We've talked about that. But, Luke, All right, here's is the top, a top 10. Top 10. Paul Craig, Tiago Santos, Vulcan Uzdemir, Dominic Reyes, Jamal Hill, Anthony Smith, Alexander Rakic, Megamed Ankalaev, Jan Blahovich, Glover Teixeira. Those are all tough like, fights. Imagine him against Uzdemir, for example. Even if he won that with skill, he'd have to take heavy punishment. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not saying he couldn't beat someone in the top ten. I suspect he could, probably even a couple of them. But a title but what's run? What's the price? What's the price? Yeah, exactly. And the title run, that seems highly unlikely. Which is why it's like Kamara's like, I'm going to go to light heavy. It's like, ah, uh, slow your roll there, bud. Okay, okay. Next. Luke, I have a question. Last one. Oh, last one here. All right. Let's, let's go to it right now. What do you got from at MaxNYC2224? What's stopping a woman fighter from becoming a ring girl and getting proper <laughs> insurance? What is, Luke, what is, this, what is this question really trying to say? Uh, I don't, th would Dana hire someone as both a ring girl and? So that they can get insurance? Fighter? Well, they have some insurance. They have accident insurance. Although I hear complaints from fighters about it. Well, so Elias Theodoru was the, during when Invicta did the, Yes. Very silly and I would argue pretty stupid, like ring boy thing. Yes. He walked around shirtless. I mean, he was very handsome, whatever, but like. Pat Patterson liked ring boys too in the WWF. Not a good situation. I don't know who that is. Okay. By the way, I saw on Twitter the other day, there was some guy who was his whole bit. This was from the 90s. So this is like a long time ago. I don't know his name, but his like nickname was like the fat chick banger or something. And he would walk out. That was like, it was saying fat chick, so I'm not trying to be. And he would walk out with two, like, big old women. Do you, do you remember this I dude? I don't know who this is. <laughs> oh, God. Sounds like a bit the Blue Meanie would do in ECW or something. Uh, I was I like, like dude, the 90s were. I, you know what movie I saw the other day? Not quite the 90s. 2004. Dodgeball. I still never have never seen that. Dude, you can't make movies like that anymore. Which, by I mean, just six-letter <clears throat> F word being tossed about constantly. Do, making do fun you of fat pinpoint, because I even can think back to when I like started the ESPN 2005-ish, that run when I'm in corporate America, and it's still kind of rowdy. It's still pretty rowdy. Yeah. ESPN was rowdy back then. It, it's now cleaned up and got very PC, but do you look at a year 
when the, the you know, because it's PC is kind of cyclical. Think yeah. 1950s TV can't, you know, wouldn't show a husband and wife in bed um, together. And now or Elvis's hips. And then look at the 90s when, you know, WWF is basically like a, a damn strip tease, you know. So when did it change back? Do you have a year in t it, when, when things turned? Um, not, think, not that I'm saying I'm against it, because there are obviously great I'm going to say great somewhere along the lines of when I really begin to feel it in corporate America at the time, I'm going to say somewhere along the lines of, it was in motion before that. I'm going to say 2012, 2013, okay. something like that, when you really begin to see corporate America being like, Well, anytime uh, there's a change, there's going to be good and bad. And obviously, there's a lot of good that came with entering into this PC era of adulthood here, Luke. There's a lot of good that came from that. I don't know okay? about there's a lot of good. There's some good. But it also is, you know, it puts us at risk to do a show like this. So if this is our last episode, Luke. I'm not drinking this. This is terrible. We've had a good run, you know? I do like the band. I'm going to see them opening uh, on the opening of their North American tour in a couple of months. Which band? Cannibal Corpse. They're doing a full South American, European, and North American tour, and I'm going to be their opening night. Luke, what is your favorite um, in-game dunk in college or pro history? That you're just like, fucking hey, right. Like Leo DiCaprio meme where you're just I like, did see the And One special on Netflix. It was good. Very good, actually. Yeah. Yes, Hot Sauce. I remember Hot Sauce. He was a phenomenon, Luke. Um, in-game dunk. Oof. It's got to be the Shaq one where we talked about it before the show. Against the Nets' his rookie year when he broke the the whole, the whole backboard No, 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 down? when he was the white guy who he posted oh, up. Chris Dudley. Yeah, dunked on him with his nuts in his mouth. And yeah. Then so we were debating, like, I give respect to Dudley for picking up and firing the ball back. At I Shaq. mean, but like, what the fuck what else you, you going to do? But he may have gotten served. Like, the only, the only facial that may have been better than that is 94 playoffs when Pippen put it on Ewing and then, like, teabagged him. Remember that I've one? I've seen a lot of facials over the years. My favorite in-game dunk is that um, Jordan against the Bulls. I mean, Jordan against the Knicks at the Knicks in uh, 91 over in the playoffs Ewing. when he went baseline and spun back and went over Ewing and was like two feet above him and yeah. put it right on him. That was that was pretty badass, Luke. I'm not a big, <laughs> you know, MJ guy necessarily, but that was You're that Chris Farley, like, you remember that time you wrote that album? That was awesome. That was awesome, yeah. That's, how, that's my interview People style. don't even know Chris Farley anymore. Did I tell you I had an intern on my show when I was on SiriusXM? She was 21 at the time. She had never heard of Harrison Ford. I'm like, you never heard of the motherfucker who was Indiana Jones? And you had to explain to AJ McKee who Sean Shirk was. I couldn't believe that. Dude, however popular anyone <clears throat> thinks they are, that shit is ephemeral. It leaves this world like that, man. If you're a, a big MKP1, uh, we are going to put out the room service diaries with... AJ McKee next it's week. It's fucking weird. And it's it's gonna be. It's fucking weird. It, we, we we I think he showed us his true personality, and you know he was very honest about the mental toll of losing, of, you know, losing his first pro fight after after the big buildup. I don't think I expected that conversation, and it was uh, it was very interesting. They're killing you on Twitter for your hair. It's not, I can't defend you can't defend this right. Look, there's, there's I got a they, I got a bad haircut, so that's why I've been wearing hats every every episode. Oh, oh, that's a flock of seagulls look today. Wow, is that I don't you? think it's flock of seagulls. It looks like you were run over by a car. Oh, uh, well, your face looks like that most. <laughs> I mean, I got, I got yellow teeth too. I know. Luke, Could our teeth know? be more fucking? I've yellow? had so much caffeine today. Can we um, adjust the white balance in the back so we don't look like the people who brush their teeth the least? Um, do you want to close with questions from our crew, Luke? No, I don't give a shit about their opinions. You don't want to bring in Big Lou and get one question off from him? Big Lou's on his phone thinking about Big Italian Big Lou's the soccer. guy that we call uh, re-racking, 
Right, he was like looking at his phone, you know, sh shifting around in there, Luke, trying to create oh, some air. The, the ball and socket joint yeah. in there? <laughs> yeah, we caught him. I got some on my own Twitter here. I'll run through these really quickly, uh, see what you think. All I right. bet they're going to be lame and probably about fighting and stuff. It's like, uh, yeah, they who are. Who cares, you know? I mean, I know. Uh, this isn't even a fight podcast, basically. We like we sell you the fighting, but that's <laughs> not like. Here's, a, here's an interesting one. What is the first time you guys laid eyes on each other? Ooh, had to be the had to be uh, Canelo Mayweather. Yeah, I certainly. I, so I remember, I remember saying to you, "Hey, you're that MMA TV guy." So I must have seen you on the Spike Show, Luke, along with like seeing you on social media, which would have been Twitter at that point in 2013. But Luke, I remember, <laughs> I remember the Luke Thomas's piss show. I liked that a lot. That was a web series. And I guess I saw you on Spike with uh, Craig Carton. Yes. A Craig real Carton. one. A real one. If you will. Yes. Uh, uh, favorite MK memory? I would have to narrow that down to three. Okay. You want to hear them? Sure. Number one was, without question, the end of our live show in Vegas, Poirier-McGregor three-week, Luke, when we let out, when you let out that... Semper Fi, Never Die, War Cry, yep. and the donks were, and Damien the donk. Remember when he used to watch our show? He was there before he got tattooed. Number two, Luke, do you remember after we won the award at the World MMA Awards, we sat in our, our rented, like, prom date bus, and we just kind of sat there for a couple minutes waiting for our team, and it was just sort of like... That was cool. That was, that was weird, but that was pretty awesome. You know, yeah. it was like, we did it. Whatever this is, we did this shit. Whether you put any stock into this, we did this, Luke. And the third was on this set. Do you remember that crazy karaoke episode when Jake von Amsterdam, when I put him in a tough spot, I forced Jake the documentarian to go into character undercover and be Jake von Amsterdam, and I didn't know what I was going to get. I don't think you knew what you were going to get. And Jake delivered a like, like, a, like a 10 out of 10 performance. Like this was like, who is this guy? Never I was saw expecting a moron, and a moron was delivered. It was like, who, who is Matt Damon and Ben Affleck? Oh, watch Goodwill Hunting, Luke. You'll find out, okay? It was that type of moment from him. He delivered Keep ex your ear to the extreme grind, art. Extreme. Would you agree, in hindsight, that that, that, was, that was... You didn't think he had it in him, did you? Stupidity? No, behind I, knew, that, I knew he had that in him. Behind that aggressively weird red hair, look, although I like his freedom. Look at this motherfucker. There's he can't wait to go Jake. watch Siri Ah highlights. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because yeah. he's racist, probably. You know, he even gets girls with that hair. Anyone who watches Italian soccer, I automatically think they're racist. <laughs> it's oh, like, Luke. imagine being a Serie A fan. It's like, the league is not that good. You know, what would be the reason you watch? Because they're wildly racist over there, bro. That's what it's about. Look, there are people that just are like, look, if you could stop trying to talk for French soccer, like, you don't know. The, you're a walk-on. Yeah, I don't talk for French day soccer. Day one bandwagon Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever lies you want to tell no, yourself. I didn't say it. They said it, Luke. Yeah, they say lots of stuff. I wanted shit. to give you a chance to defend yourself. I don't have, I don't have anything to prove, dude. My, my hobbies and my fandom is not up for debate. How about your music taste? Probably up for debate. Yeah, up for debate. That's fine. That's up for debate. But, like, my things that I like, it's like, defend it. No. Eat my ass. Like, <laughs> there's, there's my Maple defense. syrup or jelly. You can yeah. like what you like. I don't give a shit. So the first thing I do is make them, right? Mm -hmm. Toss my salad. Again, Chris Rock. Do people know? Who can name one Chris Rock album? Uh, 
Fucking Jesus, they don't know shit about the well, world. Dude, they were, as you have said many times to our staff, hey, Big Lou, it's not your fault you were born in 1998. And right? also That's, insanely yeah. racist. I mean. yeah, wow, wow, <laughs> wow. I mean, ball bad guy on the air probably. Racist? I don't know. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm teasing. Big Lou. Yo, Tristan, not. did you add to your uh, Native American montage yet on your arm? Yeah, bro. It's just... Oh, shit. Can he, Can we bring him out? Look, can we close with, with this art? Uh, if you want. This is, uh, it's Fridays are for the art, yes or no? I, yeah, sure. Okay, so our camera guy Tristan here, who Luke has predicted would be the one who what, kills you. He is definitely sleep, he's definitely gonna gun his us. left arm. He's like been adding pig. wolves, and look, he's got a fresh so wolf. Wait, 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 wait. Go back, go back. What was the one you got the last time we were here? It was the black bear. It was the black bear? No, no. It was this one. No, the, I got this is the grizzly bear I got in May. Okay. I got June. That's the new one, or or no, sort of, sort of, no that's not the new one, Luke. Underneath that's that. That's pretty good. Yeah. This is, you know, that's fresh, fresh. Why don't you have it covered up with the uh, Santa Derm? Yo, he doesn't, he's not How, how old is this? Uh, it's, it's like a week old. You should have Santa Derm on that, bro. Uh, it's nice. It's heavy. The, the background's heavy, Yo, Tristan, though. Tristan, what's the up, inspiration for this wolf on your arm? It's a, it's a coyote. <laughs> it's a coyote, okay. <laughs> Do you know one time I had a fucking strange encounter with a coyote? Well, there is a wolf, right? And one of those is a wolf. I had a strange encounter with a coyote once. I was, uh, I was on duty, and, and this was on in the Marine Corps. I was at 29 Palms. They have coyote problems all the time. And I remember I fell asleep against the five-ton wheel. This was, like, late at night. And uh, I woke up, and there was a coyote from me to you sniffing my fucking oh, feet. Shit. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> and I fucking had to get up and run away. It ran away, but that motherfucker was looking for a meal. Joni Mitchell's got a great song called Coyote off the Hey Jera album with Jaco Pastorius on bass. Is Ravi Shankar playing seven and a half hours of freestyle sitar on it? Look, I want to find a, a more sophisticated middle ground of music than 90s grunge and hip-hop and R&B. No, Luke, we need to find something that speaks to both of us, not just Rage Against the Machine. We need they to... They were good in concert. I couldn't believe how Why good they were. Why can't you get plugged into the 70s jazz fusion scene? What's stopping you? Testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't pee sitting down. Uh... Do you things, I guess. Do you like Crosby, Stills, and Nash? Uh, not really. I don't give a fuck. They live right. or die. Right. Do you like anything old? Not even me. <laughs> not even me. Anything old. Uh, like I said, the Beatles. I like the Beatles. I like okay. the Stones. I like okay. Stones. Old women? Uh, You're changing your taste with age, right? You Now you like aging BBLs. Cougar, we used to call them cougars. You mean MILFs? <laughs> They might end up in my search terms once or twice. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Can we, can we end the fucking show? Like, what are we doing? This is just Something stupid. very artsy. We're just, you know, we're just, we're, this, this is very jazz-like, Luke. There's there's really no, you know, there's no charts or script. We're just kind of, uh, Anyway, thanks to Justin from uh, D.C. slash, I think he lives in Illinois. I'm not sure where he lives now, for getting me this. Uh, it will go on the shelf. I will not drink it because it's not for me. But um, if you are. For the this, right person, though, Luke. The right person. Golden blood in your mouth. All right. Can we close this motherfucker, please? For our great staff here at Malka, I would never besearch that. <laughs> I wore that Malka hat proud, Luke. I know. Viva la Malka. I have to go Renaissance Festival to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> There's our social channels. Morning Combat. That store is our seriously, merch if you, house. I, seriously, if you like Renaissance festivals, I question your judgment about everything. Here's what I need. An MK Donk that is a huge Renaissance head, sell it to us. Sell us. Tell us why we're wrong. Sell it to and us. And by the way, I bet there are certain Renaissance festivals that are better than others like well, anything. I liked it as a kid because there would be like a loud guy like making fun of my dad and then my dad try to get my dad to pay $5 to throw the ball and knock him in the water. Like, that was fun. You it's know? like, oh, let's go back to a time when people died of the bubonic plague. Like, no, that fucking sounds stupid. Like, they're... Dude, we just lived COVID, bro. Yeah, was Too it money? Soon. Was it money? Too soon. Yeah, it wasn't money, was it? 
lot of people questioning the validity of your COVID vaccinations for how sick you get lately. What does that None even mean? I didn't, I didn't have COVID. I had something I put my else. ear to the grindstone. I hear the yes, people. A lot of people who didn't pass basic biology in high school have lots of opinions about uh, communicable diseases, all of which you should ignore. That's what I recommend. All right. For the great Luke Thomas. Thank you. My name is Brian Campbell. Thank you for watching our program, saluting the world of mixed martial arts and sometimes beyond. To our fabulous crew, including Big Lou and Tristan's arm and Jake the Snake and, hey, Ash. Uh, this was the best damn combat sports show. Period. It's MK. All day. Nearly every day. Here's my opinion of Renaissance Festival. The Edge.